we ready, gentlemen? Yes, we are. Give me one <laughs> second, and then we'll be live with Michael Sarian. The one and only Mr. One Michael Sarian. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Wiseness, sir. Thank go. you so much. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Happy yes. Monday, everybody. Uh, as you guys can see, we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Michael Sarian. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Monday to join us. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me to be here today to answer any questions you guys have or any challenges you have against me, which is fine. <laughs> Either way, I'm okay. I'll uh, take any ch- questions you, you have. And if I can answer them, I'll answer them honestly. If I can't, I say I'm sorry. Take I don't have fifth. no answer. <laughs> fifth, yeah. fifth. I, I, will, I will not take the fifth. Basically, <laughs> it's funny you say challenging. This, it, life has become a, to the point where everybody is challenging everybody. It's uh, like uh, everybody's a politician, everybody's a doctor, everybody's uh, everybody's in government at this point, even. Uh, but Mike, since a lot, you know, obviously a lot of people may not know you, but majority of people do. Uh, you're in the health administration field, so what you do is basically uh, you're the CEO of multiple um, health organizations nationwide. So, in in essence, guys, Mike Michael actually runs hospitals, and he forty six to be yeah forty six <laughs> to be exact. Right? I mean, this is my my job. I mean, people ask questions and to me and say, how do you manage a hospital or how do you become hospital CEO? Well, I mean, you know, I went to this field almost 30 years ago. And at the time, uh, there were not that many Armenians uh, or Armenian-Americans, I should say, in the healthcare field uh, till today. I mean, we don't have any hospital CEO, maybe one that I know of uh, that is not in the field. And through the years, I start managing uh, couple of hospitals and from a couple of hospitals, you know, changed jobs and and all of a sudden, you know, um, joined uh, this company. And at the time, we were only like uh, 14 hospitals. And I bought something like 32 hospitals in nationwide in 15 states. Wow. I don't think anyone in healthcare that I know of bought that many hospitals and that many hospitals in a short uh, span. In a short, in a mm. seven-year period. Wow. So we were buying something like three, four hospitals uh, every few months. I mean, some of them major hospitals. You know, I mean, you're making it seem like it's like an escrow. Like you're buying a house or something. You know, what, you know, I like this one. We'll take this yeah. one. I like that one. We'll we were using other people's money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it's not your money, it's yeah. not yeah. So, guys, clarification: when Michael says we were buying, there's investors involved, there's doctors involved. I'm assuming as well. Uh, Usually, doctors are not the best investors. But <laughs> <laughs> remember, uh, here's the thing: a lot of people uh, think doctors are the smartest people in the world, but when it comes to economical stuff, you know, they kind of they should stay out of it. Right. They should they should yes. they should stick to their field as Leave far as the healthcare yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, some of those hospitals were were really badly managed. Uh, I mean, you'd be shocked how many hospitals in the country are mismanaged totally. It's, it's just complete mismanagement and complete disasters. And, yeah. and some of them were bankrupt. Is it designed and to be that way? No. It's no. not designed to be that way, just the way it's run and managed. I mean, look at the, the system here in, in Southern California. I mean, they went bankrupt um, uh, just you know two years ago, and it was up for sale and so forth. Um, when you say Southern California, you mean 
vary these health systems. I mean, went bankrupt, went Chapter 11. Mm. And it's been sitting in bankruptcy for the past several years now. Uh, it's completely, uh, was upside down. And, and obviously there's reasons why businesses fail. There's some fundamental uh, rules why businesses fail. And whether you run a hospital or you run a grocery chain, uh, I mean, there's some basic principles that, that you need to pay attention. And if you don't pay attention to that, you fail and you go bankrupt. And, and unfortunately, um, many hospitals uh, were, you know, challenged, uh, you know, even before COVID hit. I mean, that's another issue when COVID hit. And uh, they gave hospitals really hard time because of, and we'll explain that, why COVID was not the best for hospitals, even though people will say, well, you got all this money from government and so forth and so on, which is true. But, you know, it add up to tremendously to the cost of running a hospital. Remember, uh, you know, we cannot have machines run hospitals. Mm. We need people, mm-hmm. manpower. And these are high-paid manpower. Nurses. Uh, each nurse on an average makes 100000 a year. I mean, that's above the average income of any person in the United States because average income is like 50000 But whereas the average nurse makes 100000 And you need nurses to run and their ratios. And, you yeah. know, they made it a little bit better now. But still, you need uh, nursing staff to run these hospitals and, and seeing the patients. So that adds up to the cost, uh, laboratory cost, you know, pharmaceuticals and everything else to run a hospital by the time you add all this it's very difficult to manage a hospital so you have to be very good in managing it in order to stay at least break even and bait maybe a couple of you know percentage points in, in margins in order to buy equipment which is very expensive uh, to modernize your x-rays you modernize your laboratories and so forth so, I mean it takes a lot of money to run a hospital nowadays it's not a cheap business to run and uh, it's a difficult to manage successfully, like every other business. How about what? regulations? Sorry, regulations Reg- against hospitals are much more strict than any other form of business you can think of. Of course, of course. I mean, uh, we're in healthcare. Obviously, it's people' lives concerned. So clearly, we have Department of Health Services (DHS) that uh, regulates it, licenses, and monitors it to make sure to ensure you're complying with all the regulations. Now. We clearly have uh, state regulations. We have federal regulations. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, uh, jurisdiction within the cities and, and uh, the counties have jurisdiction over us. So besides all the labor laws and everything else, you have all these city and local laws regulations that, 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 that Which we Which differs follow. from each state you do business in. Definitely. Especially okay. running a um, multi-state operation clearly makes you uh, very challenging. You're in 14 states, states, right? Uh, Yes. 14 states. Now, when you say just a few margin points, so even if a hospital does not make profit, as long as you're not losing money, you're okay. Is that... Well, obviously, it depends what type of... uh, There's uh, several types of hospital system. Let let me explain Mm -hmm. that. There's non-profit systems Mm -hmm. that are... You know, supposed to be nonprofit uh, by name, but doesn't mean they should not make money. They should make money because you need to buy new equipment, you need to pay people raises. So you need to run it, even though it's nonprofit, you need to run some profits. That, that's the one. There's uh, for profit systems, you know, HCAs, the tenants, and so forth. They are 
for-profit and they have shareholders and owners that require them some return on their money. And there's also state and, and county government hospitals, and, and those are separate by itself. So the uh, multiple uh, you know, uh, layers of, of people owning hospitals. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's about you know, a little bit less than 6,000 hospitals in the United States, 5,700. Wow. Used to be 7,000. Over 1,000 of them shut down, by the way, because it wasn't... In how long? Uh, the last past, 15 uh, years? Yeah, 10, 15 years. That's correct. How many have shut down since this whole charade started happening? Do you know? I don't know. I don't have any statistics when this thing happened and, and when we start seeing patient coming to us in, in end of February, beginning of March. That's what he hit. Mm-hmm. And um, clearly the hospitals start getting challenges because, you know, um, you know, seeing these patients and they were staying longer, you know, because has upper respiratory problems. And usually in the hospital, in acute setting, as we call it, uh, most days are like five days or less. Hospitals are not places that you'd be there 10, 20 days. I mean, that's, that's a nursing home. That's uh, other than in the hospital. So we are seeing these patients come in and, and staying longer because of upper respiratory problems. And so they added a, a huge cost to run hospitals because you get paid very limited amount. And by Medicare, uh, by you know, Medi-Cal, or by regular insurance, they're all pushing you to get the patient out. They're not paying you per day? Well, it depends on what contract you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, and sometimes uh, the contract you have with the health payer, let's yeah. say, is a Blue Cross or Blue Shield or, or United Health Plan. I mean, depends on the contract you have. Your contract says per day, they pay you per diem rate. Mm-hmm. If it says case rate, they give you a case rate. Mm-hmm. So let's say 10000 per case. Yeah. So if you kept the patient uh, 20 days, you lost money because right. you, you're supposed to do five-day stay on an average. And because your cost, you know, is like two thousand a day easily. Mm-hmm. By the time all the nursing costs, the medication, the food, and everything to take care of that patient. Real estate. <laughs> well, we're not even talking real estate, but we're just talking about actual uh, yeah. rendering the care. Yeah. And and if your cost goes more than ten thousand, which mm-hmm. is you you're supposed to receive a reimbursement from Medicare or, or Medical or or health plans, you lost money. I mean, especially when you kept the patient uh, maybe 30 days or 20 mm-hmm. days because some of the patient that showed up with upper respiratory problems by COVID patient, they were staying very extensive periods of time. And that really uh, made those patients very expensive to take care of. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason the government, um, the federal government, um, gave additional funding to uh, alleviate that, that cost, to reduce that cost. Right. And that's what happened. What's that additional funding mean, in other words? What the federal government did, which was a good thing uh, Trump administration did, uh, at the beginning, they gave, uh, uh, based on what your annual uh, reimbursement is, some lump sum dollars to each hospital, each system. Sort of like the PPP system yeah. was applied to the hospital system. Pretty much similar in to a, that. But you don't have to pay it back. It was in a, a different way. In a different way. You're talking so, about the health relief. Right. I don't know exactly what they called it, uh, but we got some advances as well as some lump sum monies right. that you don't have to pay it back. There yeah. were some advances that you have to pay it back next year, and some of them were just uh, just monies that they received, which could be substantial 
and the hospitals received that at the beginning of yeah. the pandemic. Did that money offset the amount of people that didn't come into the hospital? No, no, no. These were for patients that you are already seeing and you're not getting paid for it. Basically, to compensate what you're seeing in patients, because as I mentioned... Just because of the longer days? Longer stays. I mean, pay, people... Was it only longer stay or, or because a lot of chronically ill people were just staying out of the hospital too, right? Because now you've got patients that would come in for whether it's elective procedures or... Uh, Actually, elective procedures went down. People got scared. Right, that's what that's I mean. What I mean, so. we lost. We yeah. lost almost every hospital lost maybe 30% of its uh, elective cases, you know, Definitely. completely yeah. I heard there was even floors shut down because just they, there was no patients coming in. Look, I mean, kidney stones is something I used to go to the hospital for, and if it happens now, I'm just going to ride it out. I'm not going to the hospital. <laughs> I don't trust the hospital system. It's just the honest Come to truth. Come to my hospital. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Mike, You're wise enough, man. You I understand, go. but that's a higher reason why <laughs> well, I don't no, trust it. Well, no. We should, we, should, we should be very careful scaring people off. Hospitals, I mean, already the volumes are down. I mean, ER visits, which is, you know, you're going to say ER visits? ER visits across the county and across the state is down as much as yeah. 30%. See, Michael, I mean, I think I, you know, we, we were talking off the podcast. Friday, I think mine was the best example of it. You know, my daughter poked me in the eye. I refuse to go to the ER. Why? Because you have these tents set out outside. You hear people as far as like families going in and, uh, you know, other family and friends can't go in with them. It's like, okay, I can't drive because my eyes completely, my my cornea was torn. So I got one good eye. I can't even drive to the hospital. My wife has to drop me off. Whatever they do to me, now I got to check out who's going to, my wife has to come back and pick me up. It's like an inconvenience. So I think anybody who's like, can write out whatever it is, as Edgar said, as far as, okay, kidney stone, they're just refusing to go in. Which but, is painful, by the yeah, way. It is but very painful. Yeah. Hey, but mind you, a torn cornea <laughs> is more Drink painful. lots of water. Oh, my oh, gosh. You guys, you have no idea. Have you ever had a torn cornea? No. No? Thank God. Yeah. I, I, you guys, I don't wish this upon. If anybody has had a torn cornea, they will know what it feels like. It feels like there's sandpaper in your eye. And every time you blink... But that's worse than I've never had kidney stone. Is that worse than kidney stone? Well, kidney stone, stone is a different pain. It's a different, is a different, different type it's of pain. pain. You know what this pain. is? Yeah, this is more you can't of like move because yeah. it moves. This one you want to move, like you want to go to the bathroom, but you can't see where you want to go, so you got to close your eye, and then your eye moves. Uh, you know Listen, what? So, I'd rather so have a bad eye than not <laughs> be able to go <laughs> to the bathroom. As, as, as advice, God forbid, never happens again to you. Of course, if they, anything happens like that, go to ER because it's not a good idea to wait all night. I get it. I and get you it. will lose your eyesight, no, which it. is more but important than anything you know, else. You're going back to actually the Look, ER, DR topic. It's more of like, are people afraid of going to the hospital? Because they're like, okay, I'm going to go in. The first thing they're going to check is temperature, uh, nasal swab to check if I have COVID before I even check in. Look, I'm in hospitals every day. Yes. And I've been doing this work for three decades, 30 years. Hospitals, clearly they're not the safest place. But I can assure you, every hospital in the state, in this county, and in the country has a duty to take care of patients. That is the duty of a hospital. That is the duty of a physician. That is the duty of healthcare providers. Uh, the majority of people in healthcare are honest, decent people. And they went into healthcare not because they want to make a lot of money. You could have gone to investment banking or other businesses that you would have made a lot more money. Yeah. But they do care about people. They do care about lives. Mm-hmm. They're there to save somebody's lives. Of course. And, and people were saved 
as opposed to not going to the hospital. I mean, I know people are fearful. My job is to assure the public, assure people. And I'm not saying come to my hospital. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not going to talk about my hospital, actually. I want to say I want to be advocate because I serve on the California Hospital Association board as well as the Hospital Council, Southern California's board, and we represent 400 hospitals in the state. Every hospital has a fiduciary duty to take care of patients. Every physician has a duty to take care of patients, and it's our job to take care of you under any circumstances, regardless your ability even to pay, regardless your ability of anything. Uh, so it's our job to take care of you, and, and that's what needs to happen. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to tell our uh, friends and our colleagues and our community at large, if you're sick, I mean, if you're sick, please go to nearest ER, nearest hospital. Do not be afraid going to a hospital. Uh, I know you hear sometimes these anecdotal things, oh, you know, um, you know, something happened to me at the hospital. And people always write to me on Facebook and others, you know, hospitals are bad, you know, they bill and whatever. I mean, they heard something and all of a sudden, you know, they think it's a bad thing to go to the hospital. You should go to a hospital. You should go see your doctor. And if there's anything you need, don't hesitate. Don't delay it because delay service. And that's what's happening now. All of a sudden, elective surgeries are pretty much disappearing right. unless it's an emergency somebody's dying it's not coming to a hospital and that has to stop the mentality you're going to be fine don't worry about it even covid uh we're gonna as a country and i believe in this country by the way I, this is the greatest country on earth this is the we are the best uh ever happened on the face of the earth we're gonna find solution to this and very soon and we're gonna come out of it i mean it's gonna be we're just going to talk about it a year from now saying, hey, you know, this COVID is nothing. So, uh, so I just don't want to scare anybody. I want to say, know the facts. Uh, it is a serious uh, disease, people dying. But also people understand why some of these people that unfortunately did not make it and die, there were other ailments they had. Not right. just, you know, the healthy person uh, pretty much survived, you know. Uh, but the people who have uh, other mm-hmm. underlying conditions as we call it, you know, they have CRPDs, they have pneumonias, they have high blood pressure, you know, diabetes, and so forth. So it complicates the matter and makes it very, ending up in ICU, ended up in a ventilator. And once you're on a ventilator, the chances are you won't come back, unfortunately. So you don't want to be a victim, obviously. You want to be healthy. Take precautions, you know. Keep social distancing, you know. Take the necessary steps to stay healthy. Wash your hands. Believe me, you know, you know I, I go to restaurants when everything was normal. I see people going in and out of the bathroom. They don't wash their hands. Yeah. And it was worse in Armenia. I was scared to death when I was in Armenia. Nobody washes their hands. I was, like, <laughs> scared to death. I'm like, what's going on? They're so, putting a meal in front of you. Yeah, like, you I, wash your hands. I lectured. I went on TV in, in Armenia. I lectured to our fellow Armenians. Say, Look, you need to wash your hands <laughs> when you use the restroom, okay? Well, I mean, you need to wash wow. your hands throughout the day. Come on. Uh, Is that once a day you said? Uh, <laughs> throughout the day throughout I said. The day. No, I didn't say once a day. <laughs> so, uh, uh, ten times a day. How's that? As far as you mentioned about how there's there's no country greater than the United States. As far as healthcare goes, because there's always a lot of debate whether or not the system we have in place. You know, we've heard uh, candidates before like Bernie Sanders mentioned Medicare for all. You've got 
we currently do have Medicare for seniors. Right. And, and for people who become disabled for two years or more, then they could also qualify for Medicare regardless of age, right? Right. Um, but as far as the healthcare system we have here, it's being compared to, well, Canada's great. You've got a great system in Cuba, Europe, Scandinavian countries. Cuba. In your, well, haven't you heard that argument before? Yeah. Right? You go to Cuba, you get, for example... Surgeries are much surgeries cheaper. In Mexico, well, it's cheaper every, everywhere. It's just about trusting it. I mean, I, I don't know about trusting that, but... They well, not, it, comes my, to that, it comes to that. Yeah. yeah, my question is, as far as over the last 30-plus years that you've been an executive, you've experienced a lot of changes from Obamacare to the mandates that he put in place versus what Trump is doing on them prior to that, the Bushes and the Clintons. I mean, you've been a part of a lot right. of administrations. Right. W- what is your perspective as far, and, and plus you have hospital systems in different states, so it's not just California, California. where you can give us a, your feedback or your perspective as far as what is it about the system that you think works and which area can be tweaked to, to work better. Yeah, our uh, health care cost is high in this country, and, mm-hmm. and, and that is a very high. Part of the reason we have such a high cost, I mean, there's multiple reasons. It's not a simple answer, but let me, let me tell you. I mean, number one, we use all the advances in medicine in terms of uh, equipment. Uh, these are expensive equipments, medications. Um, Which also are too expensive right Too there. expensive labor costs, you know. Same nurse uh, in Canada makes half, or in uh, Europe, much less than what they make here. We have nurses coming from all over the uh, the world to the United States because they know they're going to make uh, over a hundred thousand a year, whereas if they work in Canada, they make I don't know fifty thousand less, fifty percent. Mm. Uh, medication, regulation, and lawsuits. Lawyers, our mm. friends. Every time I say that, uh, my lawyer friends <laughs> jump all over me because they sue. I mean, Land think, of lawsuits. Uh, yeah, they, they sue, and that increases the cost. You know, always they're suing someone. If something happens to anybody, oh, somebody else's fault. We have to sue, and that increases the cost. The, the lawsuits. The amount of lawyers you lawyer, have to keep on your team to defend to you defend from you. against these other guys who's going to sue. I mean, yeah, to have twenty lawyers on your staff. Uh, that's uh, crazy, but you know, unfortunately, we're in a society. Everybody sues. Everybody. If something goes wrong, boom, I'm going to sue. Anything happens to you, you're going to sue. Well, somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. Uh, so we never take personal responsibility about our actions. Yeah. It's always somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. Somebody mm-hmm. else. So, mm-hmm. and for the society went to that extreme of uh, suing each other. And, and, you know, as I said, you know, it's a host of reason makes the cost very expensive here to render services. And, look, uh, you know, I studied this thing because I teach uh, healthcare uh, management, healthcare economics, and our uh, average cost, just because I did this study, a, a per person in the United States for each person is a, a hair under $10,000 per person uh, that we spend in healthcare. Each person in the United States... Per year or per lifetime? Year, per year. Per year. Per year. 320 million people times 10,000. Imagine, that's how much we spend. It's about something like 17% or 16.5% of our GDP goes into healthcare in the wow. United States. And that's in, documented people. Document. Well, I don't know about the undercamera. I'm not counting. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing yeah. that out He's there. He's just <laughs> telling the truth. You don't have to t- say the I whole agree, truth. I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? 
But just to give you a comparison, and I did this study because I gave a talk in Armenia at the university, at the medical school there, at the invitation of the, uh, the dean. In Armenia, they spend 1.9%, less than 2% of GDP on healthcare. So that gives you an idea. We spend almost 16% in the United States. Of our GDP, which is... Our GDP, <laughs> which is, you know, uh, I don't know, 20 trillion or something, some big but, number. But do we have a comparison to a country that's a little more innovative and comparable? Europe, they spend 5%. Canada? Can we use Canada? Canada is half that we spend. Half. So, so exactly half. 8%? Uh, Canada is right around 7.5%. And they have In Europe, even healthcare. less. Universal healthcare they have. But also, you have to wait. In Canada... Uh, they have uh, uh, a system. It's a PPO system, I guess. Uh, no, everybody's covered by the, each county or, or the, 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 the way Canadian provinces, province, each yeah. province provides the health care, mm -hmm. and, and, and you're insured. You have this card that is given to you. Everything's free. But however, you have surgery, especially elective cases, you're going to wait three months, two months, whatever. I mean, we're complaining now that we're waiting, but in Canada, it's complete. You have to wait. Unless it's an emergency, uh, you go to uh, nearest ER, they have to see you, that the care of your need. But any elective cases, uh, you're going to wait till your turn. And, and that's... Uh, Which can happen here as well, Mike. It could happen. We I don't mean, have I, a healthcare system that's universal yeah. yet. I think it's worse over there. Imagine waiting three months here. You'll probably have to wait three years over there. I don't know about three years. Well, but it's, obviously, uh, yeah, I'm exaggerating. You're going to wait some... You're going to wait a while. You yeah, I don't see Canadians complaining. Call it, call it a knee surgery. Okay. Or or a kidney surgery or I don't know, like a kidney stone la kidney laser stone surgery, surgery or surgery. Any, anything like that. Don't Drink lots of water. <laughs> no, if it's not if it's not life threatening, yeah, you may well, wait. That's a why he's saying selective. Yeah. yeah, but as far as you need uh, a knee replacement, but here, uh, how long do you have to wait for knee replacement? Yeah. You can do it the next week. Yeah. What's so, what's something that you would have to wait for as far as surgery here? If you have an HMO, maybe for authorization. 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 Yeah. I've dealt with that myself. And how long does I that think, take? Uh, I mean, it depends uh, how you present it. Sometimes yeah. within the same day, it's yeah. like you can go. So, what, what are some what are some surgeries where you have to wait for a long time here in America? Well, it depends on your doctor. If your doctor says let's wait, yeah. we're gonna on, wait. On, let's on, say on, you want to do on, liposuction or you want to do no, weight that's reduction cosmetic. surgery. That's cosmetic. That's cosmetic. Work. Yeah, cosmetic. That's cosmetic. And you gotta wait because if you don't have what? specific weight, they can't work on you. A week. A week. Okay. So let's say ten days. Let's say okay. Let's say a week to ten days in Canada. You'd probably have to wait maybe more than a month. Oh, easily. Easily. See? More than well, because there's a waiting list for understanding. It's not because. But do you see the convenience here? But the you're price is that convenience worth that price tag? Well, here's the thing: you're pay, you're you're being taxed over there. When so you, you say price yeah. tag, what do you what is the price tag? We pay premium for uh, medical care here, but you pay taxes up north. How? You're, well, you're, you're paying taxes here too. I know, yeah, but, but you're not but, the same. You're not as getting anything in return, though. No, 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 but, 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 but here's the thing: in Canada, they have goods and services tax (GST). I think that's what they call it. Okay. Because I used to go to Toronto a lot, and that's what I learned. Mm -hmm. I studied it. And that's 15.5% sales tax for everything you buy. That's pretty much uh, covers that their system, which is their healthcare system, is covered through those taxes that you pay. Consumption tax, basically, whatever you buy, you have to pay 15.5%. So it's equivalent to sales tax. So they the, call and, it. And Goods imagine, and services tax. Yeah, they call and imagine it. the cost of living over there is cheaper than here. That's so basically, true. necessarily, it's it is, not man. true. Toronto you're is expensive. Me Toronto, no, Toronto's expensive, but not like all New York. It's yeah. a little bit less than New York. Well, Toronto, you're talking about a very, very large city. But city. there's parts of, obviously, Canada where, 
a nurse won't make like you were Money. mentioning a nurse a nurse here will make a hundred thousand dollars a year a nurse over there will make half exactly half so that, that's the reason they're coming here plus Love your Canadian tax nurse. Half of it. exactly and your tax half, half of it. it and then you have another fifteen fifteen and a half percent you said of sales tax so you want to buy that TV you want to buy that you know that microwave you want to buy whatever it is you're paying fifteen percent. I mean, a lot of Canadian nurses are well-trained. I mean, they're equivalent to American because they're English. Their English mm-hmm. is perfect, obviously. And uh, they have good training. They come to the United States, and they get the licenses here, and boom, they make double what they're making in Canada. You see? They just got to transfer it. See, here, here's what I've noticed here, being in healthcare myself, is um, I haven't seen anybody get turned down for necessary treatment as far as I've come across dozens and dozens of people over the years where these guys literally came to the country two, three years ago. They haven't paid a single penny into taxes, haven't contributed to this country, to the state, to the county, absolutely zero. And they have a terminal diagnosis where that could get expensive from chemo to surgeries to radiation and all that, right? I, I mean, I would imagine three, four, five hundred thousand dollars could be spent on this individual for for a number of years, where they have paid absolutely nothing into the system, and that's why I don't understand when people say, "Well, uh, you know, our healthcare system sucks. We need a universal healthcare system." But worst case scenario, you can go to a county hospital; they're not going to turn you away. No, right? No, no hospital in, in this country can turn because Imtala Imtala law says. Very clearly, if you're in an emergency situation going to any hospital, uh, they have to treat you first. They cannot even ask you your uh, uh, any information on your financial class, financial ability or your insurance, anything like that. First, uh, uh, the care has to be rendered. A decision after that, they can ask your insurance and so forth. So if you're in an emergency situation, any ER has to treat you, has to take care of you. That's the law. That's a federal law. It's not even a state law. It's a federal law, Imtala law, that allows any individuals, any uh, citizen or uh, resident alien of the United States can be treated in any hospital without any questions asked. Now, after they render that service, they can come to you, Mr. X, you know, you have insurance, you have ID, and they can ask you those questions. But prior to that, now, if it's elective, now don't tell me you, you have elective case or or uh, you're not in an emergency situation, yeah, they can ask you at that time. Right. But if it's an emergency situation, they cannot ask any insurance information from you. Mm. Uh, we had a couple of questions I want to sure. get to before we, we move forward. Um, a couple of people were asking about Obamacare as far as what your thoughts are and how that had affected or has affected the overall healthcare industry. I mean, Obama's, uh, uh, some of the parts of his plan were good, not bad. I mean, I would not say that it was a bad uh, health care plan, but has, you know, provisions in it that were not the best. And obviously, unfortunately, end up in politics, you know, because Obama was a Democrat and because he put together that Republicans opposed to it. So anything he did, good or bad, they were opposed to it. So uh, as a healthcare provider, and I'm, a, and I'm on the other side of politics from Obama, the law that, that he passed wasn't bad. As far as mandated insurance? You know, or? mandated part uh, because 
I mean, I'm opposed to people forcing people into something. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something philosophically I'm not in favor of it. Uh, But as far as the other provisions to provide, you know, semi-universal system, that was a good thing. It was it has a big price tag. You know, we cannot insure everybody in the country. 300 million people, you're talking about trillion dollar, you know, plan. What's Canada's population? Uh, 30, 35 million, yeah. something like that. Do you that. guys see why they can work yeah. with the universal I mean, system and it just wouldn't work here? Well, yeah, because there's a big, I mean, Do you think huge. the cost would be uh, much higher than it is now if we went to a full universal system Oh, absolutely. In I think uh, the cost would be astronomical. I don't think we can afford it. As a country, we already have to. Well, we can afford trillion. anything. I think you're we wrong can. on that. We can print as much as we want, sir. <laughs> we can afford anything well, well, in this country. You, you can print my money and you're going to lose the value of the money. That, that's Not what, against the dollar. Um, we can print it. We can we're print already as much as 25 we want. trillion in Edgar debt. Edgar for president. For president. Yeah, <laughs> give money. Edgar's <laughs> running in 2024. <laughs> 2024, me and Ivanka going. Yeah, so, yeah. When, so when we talk about universal, isn't. For example, the Kaiser Healthcare System essentially a universal healthcare system. Well, it's only for Kaiser members. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, but you have to know that it's only Kaiser members, and you can only go to a Kaiser hospital. Correct. And host Kaiser physicians. So why can't we expand that into? Because what I I, I have a love hate relationship with Kaiser. Uh, trying to get something from them is like it's easier to get paperwork from the Pentagon than it is from Kaiser. Bureaucracy, yes. But. At the same time, what I love about their system is, you're not if, even if you go to eight different doctors, they're not going to do eight different CT scans because it's all in the same system. They pull up the AMR record. Right. Okay, we had a CT scan. Here's it's the results. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, and that's what I don't understand. Why can't we have a universal system as far as not not from a insurance standpoint where it's being reimbursed, rendering the care. Yeah, but it's more so about you took an X-ray. So and so hospital, I don't need to do it again here. I don't want to expose you to radiation. Plus, I already have this EMR system which pulls up your X rays. Why do I need to? Right? I, I think, Armand, I mean, that's a wonderful idea to have some form of uh, uh, EMR system that all talk to each other. And if you did an X ray or lab somewhere else, can be transferred to, and you don't have to repeat that test. Correct. I mean, Within a period of time, why repeat it? Why waste resources? And I think I love that idea. I, I myself, I'm in favor of having a universal computer system, an EMR system, electronic medical record system that will be able to help physicians and healthcare providers right. making intelligent decisions, as opposed to repeating the test again. Yeah, because that it, would it be because maybe not every single, for example, you're talking about CT scans, X-rays, MRIs, mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Everybody would have to be certified a certain way. Everybody would have to go through training a certain way. They would have to all implement the same system. Maybe Why? All CT scans are relatively no, no, no. The as same. far as as far as you're talking about the computer system, right? Everybody EMR, would, yeah. the EMR system, well, right? The, the EMR system is, is is you don't need translation because it's a two it's a two process system. The technician does the uh, and then he just the uploads, it, uploads it to the uploads AMR the system. The radiologist See, reads it. It right? sounds, it's, what you're saying right now, it sounds so simple. 
like like basically it is like a, like a cloud <laughs> system, right? Yes. The implementation is the yeah. one. Like you take a photo, I like what and it, and it goes into it goes into a family cloud that system, and the entire family could see that photo, right? Yeah. Of course. Okay, so that that EMR system that you're talking about, if it's so simple, why hasn't it been implemented all this in all these years? We're not we're not that. Does money behind. have anything to do with it? Of course, I'm sure oh, it's mono- it's money, it's oh. monopoly system, Mono- it's money. Yeah, it all ends up. Uh, I just don't get why we just don't print. We were printing nonstop. This is print. And you're being facetious now. Yeah. We're having a serious conversation. But if we can he afford everything print. else, thank God it's why not can't we afford healthcare? I don't get it. Healthcare, I think, is more important because than the majority of things we print money for today. Of course. I'll tell you why we can't. Defense because or other stuff. You because know? The yeah. s- one of the simplest things is the same damn procedure is repeated nine times nine different places for no reason. Absolutely no yeah. reason. That's one of the that's a waste. major expenses. And as far as drug costs goes, that's another reason. Huge. I mean, I don't... Even though every hospital, right, has their own formulary, they have their own certain... You can't just go to a hospital and say, I want this AB medication. They may not carry that. They only have a certain number of medications they carry. Uh, but why can't the cost of those medications be lowered, which is, from my understanding, what our president has been trying to do. But there's, again, too much bureaucracy. The pharmaceutical companies are bigger than they need to be, and they, they have lobbyists. They control way way more than they need to. Uh, otherwise... I mean, cost of drugs is expensive. Right. I mean, you clearly said... How do we work on that, Michael? I mean, you hate the government to come and say, you know, we can reduce this thing. I think creating a free enterprise and strong competition and not allowing these monopolies, you know, allow medication to come to other countries like Canada, that will bring the cost down. We used to be able to buy from Canada. Uh, we're not. Uh, if we allow from other countries, from Canada primarily, to bring medication, same medication and same Antibiotic, you buy it here, it's you know, 10 bucks. You go to Canada, it's a dollar, you yeah. know. So I think allow competition. The drug companies are too powerful. They have lobbyists and everything else, yeah. and they monopolize this thing, and the cost is high. There's so no reason for these costs to be that high. So it's a supply-demand. If we basically, if we increase the supply, the demand... The cost will down. Yeah, the cost will go down. See, like, well, let me ask you guys this question. When you go to when you go back going back to the MRI stuff, when you go to do an MRI or a CAT scan, who owns that that scan? Well, it depends. If it's a hospital, the hospital owns it. See, that's that's where I think the problem is. I think if you go to uh, if you go to an outside MRI, it depends who owns that that uh, machine. You see, I think that's where the problem is. I think once you get an X-ray, an MRI, something like that, they should be able to hand it to you in a disc, no matter who it is. You know, I'm, oh, I'm sure. Give you the disc. No, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's other places. <laughs> yes, give me my disc. It's your disc. You'll you'll have it. So then, you, can't you take that same MRI, sure. take it to another doctor, and yeah. say, okay, here's my oh, yeah. MRI. You okay, can. so isn't you that can. isn't that the same thing as you guys mm. are basically saying? But instead lo- of, I, mean, I get it. It's not uploaded into a system, but it's yeah. I mean, it's there. What, what Armand is saying, if you have a universal uh, system of uh, sharing the data. In uh, medical records, mm-hmm. so you go to like Doctor X to Doctor Y, and they can look at the computer. Oh, I have your lab work. I have your yeah. X-ray. So it's easier. But what's happening here, you know, especially our Armenian patients, uh, uh, and I don't have any uh, that many Armenian patients, by the way. So just uh, just for the record, <laughs> they go from one doctor to another doctor, another doctor, and they all do these tests, 
and every one of them, you know, all trying to get another opinion or something. But that's that's to the cost, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, you already went there once. I mean, if it's a, I understand if it's a terminal disease or something. Yeah, yeah by all means, go get another opinion, and, and maybe a third opinion if you want. But you know, for regular stuff, why go from one doctor to another? You know, it's like sometimes our my colleagues and my friends, physician, they say, you know, sometimes patients come in with you know bunch of medication. Yeah. Each doctor gave him another medication, and one doctor is not even talking to the other doctor. And I think it happens the majority of the time to the elderly patients. Elderly, yes. You yeah. look at them, they're, they're on like 15 different types of medications. Yeah. This one will take care of this. Oh, there's a side effect for this one. That You'll take this one for that side effect. Oh, this has a side effect. It's diarrhea. Oh, this will take care of the diet. It's like, it's nonstop. And non-stop. what's happening is the pharmaceutical industry is making money out of this. The doctors are making money out of this. And I think it's, it's not the best patient care. No, it's not. It's a corrupt, it's a corrupt system. No, we have to uh, clearly educate our public and, and to uh, make sure, you know, uh, the patients are getting the right uh, advice. 100%. They're getting the right medication. And there's no duplication. Clearly, uh, it's lack of education. It's lack of understanding. And obviously, you can't blame elderly 80-year-old old, uh, grandma, you know, to understand that. Yeah. Clearly, their, their children or whoever their caregivers are, you know, should explain to them. And, and, and it, it, they don't know the language. Yeah. That's another thing. I mean, it's complicated the matter, and I can't understand that. And it's crazy. A lot of the like the elderly people, when you talk to them about you know the medications that they're taking, they go, "Well, you know, I've I've come to that age where I need to take it." No, not necessarily. Maybe there are other less is av- better sometimes. Yeah, yeah. maybe there maybe there are yeah, other do you, avenues. Don't you for think you? it's the doctors pushing it on them? Well, that's exactly what we're it, talking about. It as is. Far as but the I remember there was a discussion years ago. I forget who it was, but. You may recall, Mike, uh, where they were discussing some type of a point tracking system where the salary of the physician is based on the improvement of the patient. So it incentivizes. Uh, yes, there is a. Uh, Remember? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Medicare has, uh, and has it for hospitals too. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, your goals, achieving quality of care, mm. uh, there's additional incentives you can receive in terms of payment to physicians. And uh, the better, um, you know, quality metrics, you will get better reimbursement. That is true. Which is, you know, it's a good incentive system. It's, the intent is good. But the implementation of it is the question. The failure. You know, yeah. If, yeah, how do you make sure, you know, um, you assume uh, people are honest. And, and, you know, I'm not talking to some, you know, physician who got arrested, you know, because pushing all this medication or fraudulent or fraud, whatever. I'm talking honest people, honest physicians, and, and the majority of physicians are honest. I mean, they went all these years of education, all these years of training. Uh, they want to do the good thing. They want to do the honest thing. I mean, uh, just, you know, we're, I mean, let me be big advocate for my um, colleagues and my industry because, you know, you never hear the days and nice physician and nurses work in hospitals. In clinics, they do day to day taking care of patients. They're taking care of people and saving lives, and they provide that care. Uh, you know, you're gonna say they got paid well. Yes, I understand they got paid well, but so they know, should get paid well. They should get paid well. Yes. I agree with that. Uh, but you know, if you're an investment banker, you make more than that. I mean, they could no. have chosen easily enough because they're smart people. Let's take yeah. this another route. Do you do you see the uh, connection between the insurance companies? 
and the medical pharmaceutical companies? Do you see a tie between those two? I think I like you. You're, well, you're hitting. Everyone says you, that. You know, I like this guy. <laughs> He's hitting I the really right do. footy. <laughs> He's just smart. He's asking good questions. Uh, <laughs> no, the, did you study our business? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just He's common sense. He's a former sense. CFO of the uh, okay. Cedar Sinai. Cedar Sinai. Yeah, yeah. I did work Ed at Saint Joseph. You just, uh, you just uh, sold. John I know. Hopkins. I know. <laughs> I know the CFO. They're all elderly guy. He may be retiring. So anyway, uh, it's valid point. Very valid point. Uh, it's really, I mean, uh, clearly there's monies, a lot of monies are on the insurance side. Clearly the insurance companies are very powerful. Clearly they control a lot of the decisions in healthcare. And so is the, the drug companies. I mean, they're really powerful and they uh, What if they're two it. in one? I'm not sure uh, you can have Blue Cross today and own uh, uh, this um, uh, drug United company. Here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or oh, United. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a law that prevents you That's from That's what owning. I'm trying to understand. Is there um, a conflict of interest law where the insurance companies cannot be even investors into the pharmaceutical companies? Because, I mean, if I'm... I yeah. have not seen. I'm an insurance company. I would be willing to pay more yeah, for man, the there, drugs that. There have been doctors, pharmacists, scientists who have actually gone to jail for owning, for example, stocks in certain pharmaceuticals that haven't been released yet. And then they buy the stock, the pharmaceutical is released. They know it's going to basically skyrocket. And you can't have insider information. It's all insider trading. You can't yeah, have it. You, you go to jail. The only way that. Who was that woman that went to jail for that? <laughs> Which woman? I don't know. Hillary? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the no, only way that Martha Stewart, Martha that's what I'm talking about. Insider yeah. trading. The only way that works that's is true. That's true. you've got you've got these groups called managed care groups, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Mike, where they have they have a capitated rate they get from Medicare, for example. Medicare says you're managing hundred thousand lives, I'm gonna pay you ten thousand dollars per life, and you have to pretty much manage everything. Fit into that. Yes. And what what now, those guys get to manage the procedures, the medications, the uh, anything, pretty Labor much. Labor costs. Yeah. Now, they are able to save money. Why? Because if they go over that capitated rate, now it's, they have they lose to pay money. out of pocket, right? So they try to kind of cut the fat as much as they can to, to be more efficient. And that's why the system like a Kaiser works well because... Sure. Uh, because they themselves are pretty much paying for their sure. pretty they're, they're, I mean in the Kaiser model if you study the Kaiser model I mean they're everything in one yeah they're the health plans mm-hmm. so you go and buy individually or as a family or as a group you buy um, you know your health insurance. health insurance right they're the ones owning the hospitals mm-hmm. and the hospital is not a cost center for them basically uh, they pay for the hospital and they also they own the physicians Correct. They are part of Permanente Medical Group. So Kaiser, in their one umbrella, has you know uh, all the hospitals, all the physicians, mm-hmm. and the health plan. You just go buy the health plan, and you, the only caveat is you have to go to a Kaiser right. physician. You are, you're sick, you have to go to Kaiser Hospital. Now, if you end up in another hospital, what Kaiser does, they call that hospital and say, we need that Kaiser member here in They'll our hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They transfer it. They won't let you stay in this other hospital. Yeah. In an emergency, obviously, uh, you're there till you're stable. And Kaiser, you know, used to let you keep the patient. Now Kaiser sends an ambulance with a physician 
and a nurse get the patient out to directly to a Kaiser <laughs> hospital because they, they don't want to pay it. They don't want you overspending. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I don't see a problem with it. Maybe, no, maybe like you said, problem. there should be more hospitals going towards the Kaiser system. Well, it's a very efficient system, very profitable. Kaiser, I don't know what you guys know or not, uh, is the biggest uh, health plan, biggest uh, system in California and in the country maybe. Uh, has something like uh, $70 billion in revenues. Really? And it's profitable, something like uh, $6 billion in, in profits. It's a very profitable, extremely well-run organization. Their CEO, unfortunately, passed away, passed like, away last yeah. year. Was it last year? Uh, I think it was last year. No, a few year. months ago. About six months ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, he, died, uh, he died in his sleep. Yeah. He had some health mm-hmm. issues. Greg Adams, uh, who was number two, a good colleague of mine. I know him very well. He lives in Pasadena, by the way. Mm. He's a local guy. He's a local person who was the president. He took over as the CEO. CEO. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of questions. Anahid. Sure. Uh, Anahid was saying we're taking credit for some I, of her questions. I guess I took <laughs> credit for something she mentioned before. Oh. Sorry, Anahid, John. Sorry well, if we'll I gave her the credit. Don't, well, don't take We're going to send you a nine-place ribbon. <laughs> no, we don't do that to our... So Anait had a couple of questions really as good far questions, as uh, wages go because I'm, I'm not sure whether she's involved in he- healthcare. She seems to be, yeah. but her question and comment was that you know clinicians are in the front line, especially during these tough times with COVID and Absolutely. all. Absolutely, and yet there's a lot of discrepancy between wages and why, if, if uh, for example, hospital CEOs or the hospital system, healthcare system expects such high performance commitment yet in the uh, from the perspective of some of the clinicians they're not getting compensated to the level of what or the, the proper raises annually that they think that, uh, they should be receiving how would you respond to that because you employ tens of thousands of yeah, I mean healthcare providers uh, nurses and and uh, respiratory therapists you know or x-ray technicians they all are reasonably well compensated. Now, if you're comparing that uh, against uh, the CEOs who run the hospitals, comparable to other businesses, the healthcare executives make much, much less than, let's say, insurance company executives or, or um, other healthcare providers or HMOs, let's mm. say. Uh, the reason is it takes years of training, years of experience to get to a hospital CEO level or to be a system CEO level. It takes years of dedication, education, training to get to that level. Now, still, their salaries, you know, you may say, oh, you know, a couple of people in the healthcare running hospital, they're making a lot of money. Uh, that's, that's probably true. But if you compare that to drug company CEOs, uh, which uh, my friend, you know, is always picking <laughs> on them, uh, they make a lot more. Uh, and, and all we insurance have to company. stop that. We have to stop that. Well, I mean, it's a free... I blame the boards. I blame the shareholders, quite frankly. I mean, you know... Let's talk about this, insulin, for example. Insulin was given to the... Gov- the patent on insulin was given to the government for a dollar. Now there's people that really can't even get their own insulin for diabetes. Yeah, that's, so, that's sad. Uh, we, can't, we can't ever make fun of a system Canada has in place... When our system is not even half as good. That's just the way I feel. I well, I mean, wrong. look, we have uh, the, the best system in this uh, continent, in this world probably. 
But, you know, Canada has some positive things, which I, you know, said. I studied it. Uh, we have uh, the best technology. We have the best medication. We have the best doctors. But also our system needs tweeting. I mean, we need to uh, enhance it. We need to change it. It's things where we don't do well. And some of them is obviously the malpractice is one area. Obviously, uh, health care medication costs is way out of whack. And, and other things that needs to come down in order to bring the cost down. You can't, you can't touch the labor. I mean, the amount of labor it takes on nurses, yes, I understand. Our nurses are 100000 compared to 50% in Canada. But when you average out the price of medicine and see what kind of money we're talking there, the amount of money you're paying nurses, is not, it doesn't even come you know, up. I know. I know that's one it of the issues. Come close. I didn't say that was the main issue. I said that's one of the uh, labor costs. I was pointing out the overall cost of labor is high. Medication is high also. I mean, those are the two major expenditures we have in, in hospitals. Yeah. But what you forget, Ed, especially in a state like California, if that nurse's salary is 100000 it's costing the ho- the hospital minimum two hundred and twenty thousand. No, no, not that no, much. no, 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 no. Maybe no. I would say another twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah. roughly, exactly. One hundred twenty five. Just just a workman's comp is roughly about fifteen percent. Wow. Okay. So on top of that, employer taxes, right? PTO, health Wait, insurance. Didn't they pass twenty five percent? Oh, on an give, average, give or, give or yeah. take 20, yeah. 20, 20, 30, 20 to 30%. 30%. So, yeah. so the individual that's actually making 100K is not costing the hospital or the healthcare system 100 grand. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point, you have to kind of, well, how much is really truly enough, right? Um, because no matter, I've seen multi, multi billion dollar companies, I mean, some of the largest banking um systems in the country that you, you should see the pay raises these guys give to their employees it's like 14 cents every five years or something so stupid it's like well that's what onite was actually saying onite was saying prime, uh, health. prime health hasn't given raises for 15 years which is impossible yeah. is that possible which to is do? literally it's impossible I don't, I don't want to discuss individual companies uh, yeah. it's not appropriate yeah but i think uh depends on various situations of uh which categories, whether it is a contract, there's labor, unions, and whatever. But to say uh, companies hasn't given a raise in 15 years, that's hard for me to believe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't see that either because I think most people would have left. You have, especially as, free an, choice. as a nurse, leave. I mean, it's the highest uh, demand. demand as far as industry that. goes, right? Yeah. yeah. And especially like if, you're, if, if, there's, if the hospital's union... Mm-hmm. You know your nurses are going to get a raise every single year, if not you know twice a year. I mean, yeah, it might not be three, four, five dollar raises, but listen, these people are getting paid forty, fifty, sixty bucks an hour, depending on how long you've been at the hospital. If they get a a dollar, fifty cents, you know, every six months, it's a, it's, Look, it's a lot it, of money. It is a, it is a it is a free country, free enterprise. I mean, nobody's forcing you to stay in a company if you don't like working there. Yeah or you don't get enough for your wages, you can go to another hospital. 100%. And there's demands. There's demands for nursing all day. Exactly. There's demands for respiratory therapists. There's and if you have the experience? For, um, you know, x-ray tax, you know, you name it. Yeah. Or pharmacists. Yeah. I mean, you can go anywhere. So just because one company did not give, for whatever reason, again, I have to look at the specific. Uh, and again, you know, we're not here to discuss specific company needs. But of that's course. between that employee and that company. Yeah, and but, experience yeah. will will get you a higher pay. 
if you were if you worked at a here's the thing guys if you've worked at a certain hospital for seven years eight years and you've been slowly gradually getting raises 50 cents dollar whatever it is and you're unhappy that's seven years of experience if you go apply somewhere else i'll guarantee you you'll you'll get a better pay rate if you apply to a bingo bingo better hospital 100%. You, you will you know why because the hospital doesn't have to spend the money to train you exactly yeah. so that's that's the number Especially one thing nursing, in healthcare, yeah right because new you're not a new grad because exactly. we have to train you for four months or so liability as well you know, yeah. if you're a trained nurse there's so much demand for you yeah. guys over hire you yeah there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm far from a nurse and we have one of our viewers saying edgar can you ex- answer like as far as when is the last thing canada was innovative in the medical industry i have nothing I think they for just canada came up with a new band-aid uh, they no. might have made a new Band-Aid, no, I guess. The, the only thing Canada makes is good poutine. That's it. Simple as that. My well, main thing, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Canada. Per Harut, Harut's trying to see where I stand on yeah. Canada. Canada is not my best friend, but I do understand what we have here is not working. That's Look, all uh, I mean, the point on, you know. <laughs> Edgar. Well, we're discussing you're, United States healthcare, not, he's, not Canada. He's talking about innovative. I mean, what do you mean? Yeah, but you're saying, that, you're saying it's not working here. Bro, you're living in... I wouldn't if if I was sick. I wouldn't want to be in any other country besides the United States. Yes, would that's, you? That's true. No, I mean this then is the how is best it not country. Working? How is it not working then for everybody? What do you guys seriously think everybody has the same health can coverage? I, you can guys I ask do? You something? I don't think can so. Can you tell me one thing that works for everybody? Anything you want? It can't. Does the it can't even a simple thing as the water? Cost, the bottle of thing water. Is the okay. cost. The Where US if, medical cost is just too high. Okay, but you have you insurance? Were, yes, I do. How much you pay for insurance? It's through my wife's work. Oh, I see. So it's paid by the employer. Yes. Well, so we pay for we pay a percentage of it. Of so at least it's, you have a coverage. Yes. Can you go to any doctor you want to? Not necessarily, no. Is it a PPO or yes. an HMO? I think it's an HMO. HMO. So I think you're, by contract, you're obligated to, to that yes. primary care physician. Yes. And that primary care physician will make a decision and or to send you as a specialist exactly. or any services. Okay. Which is what Sevan made a comment about that, that he thinks the one of the reasons healthcare cost is so high is because of that process. But that process is only in place for HMOs. If HMOs, you have Medicare if you have Medicare that's not managed by let's say a medical group, then you have the Unless option. Unless it's managed uh, I mean it's healthcare system in the United States is complex. Yeah. You can have Medicare, you can go anywhere you want, but it is Medicare managed care Medicare also. Right. But you have to follow what their guidelines are. Each company put together. Yeah. Again, I, I say if I'm, if I'm going to be sick, exactly. if I have to go through a surgery, anything, even cosmetic, I'd rather do it here than outside of the United States. Even our cos- uh, the hair transplant guys, Jacques mm-hmm. and J- Gevork who came by, they were talking about hair transplant surgery, which is cosmetic. Yeah, You could do it for half the price in Turkey, in Iran, in Mexico. But if something goes wrong, what are you going to do? You're going to fly back to Turkey or Iran or Mexico? I, I have situations uh, that people that I know of, they end up in other countries, including Armenia, uh, unfortunately. And uh, they flew the next you know, flight. They were fine because they were dying. It says, you know, some of the patients that I knew of, immediately by the time they arrived, they went to the hospital. Even mm-hmm. simple stuff that they were not able to handle, unfortunately. Even though Armenia has a good healthcare system, great physicians. But the risk, like being in the air for that like, long. They have yeah. great physicians. That altitude, they don't have the tools we the have two, here. Exactly, exactly. They, if they I had mean, the tools we have here. We you know, I studied the Armenian healthcare system. I spent uh, uh, a good 10 days visiting like 12 hospitals in Armenia, every one of them. I went to 
every department you can think of. Uh, I was with the health minister. I was with hospital CEOs, physicians, uh, studied it. I mean, we have great physicians, good, knowledgeable doctors, but sometimes not having the enough equipment, medication, uh, is lacking them. But we have very smart, uh, intelligent physicians. They were very yeah. smart, and I was impressed. But only a few hospitals in Yerevan has, and some of the uh, outlying areas have nothing, no, absolutely no supplies, no medication, no equipment. It was sad to see that. And, and even when I send, uh, you know, a lot of uh, help during the war in, in, in 2016, first aid stuff. For the soldiers, for our soldiers, they were defending our country from attacks, and they were getting injured. And by the time they transferred the patient to a hospital in, in Yerevan, they died because wow. of uh, uh, they didn't have first aids to stop the bleedings. And, mm. and I sent a ton of stuff from Medline to our friends there to uh, help uh, the soldiers in the front line. So, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is, I mean, this country... I'm a very big advocate. In spite of it, our problems, and you know, we may disagree. We can call names uh, at uh, Democrat, Republicans. You know, Trump, uh, this, that has still the best healthcare system. If you're sick, uh, you know, you'll be taken care of. Uh, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll end up uh, much better shape than as, as anywhere you said, else. Anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's what 100%. I believe. I truly believe that. We're not perfect. I mean, I'm not saying of course. we're uh, Garden of Eden, okay? We're better than everybody else. Sorry, we're better than, we're, I'm being arrogant, but we're better than everybody yeah. else. I mean, you know, things go wrong. I mean, it ha- happens all the time. I mean, in, in, in good well, hospitals, None of us know made. what China hospitals are like, so we can't say we're better than You'd everyone be dead, else. Then, then you would be dead, you would never hear about it. <laughs> Last thing I would want to I, I was just I, joking. I, I, I wouldn't go to China for my torn cornea. I would be like, you know what, let me go blind. Yeah. To, to answer the the kind of the second part of Sevan's question or, or comment is he's asking about why does it need to go through a primary care physician to a specialist and why all this because, bouncing because, around? Yeah, because uh, you choose a plan. Mm-hmm. Had you decide to go to an PPO, you don't have to, you do, don't have to do that. Yeah. I mean, you have a regular Blue Cross or Blue Shield or you're not a health plan. You can do any, any doctor you yeah. want to. Nobody's going to stop you. But you chose a, or maybe your company that you work for said, we're going to put you into an HMO setting. Right. So if you're signing up with HMO, you have to obey their rules. It's less expensive. I'm not defending them. I'm right. just stating yeah. what, how the system works. You know, if your uh, wife has a plan through a, a, an HMO, you're going to go to that HMO doctor. That HMO doctor is going to send you to the specialist within that plan. That's the way it is. Because and that's and how it honestly it doesn't take too long. This whole, I mean, I've used it many times, and it's usually I wait about four to five, six days max for my authorization to go through. If I need something faster yeah. within 48 hours, it's doable. But if you need something faster and you're in pain, you go to ER. I understand. That's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you guys. If you're sick, you cannot wait three days, four days, go to the nearest mm-hmm. ER now, or urgent care. I think the, way, the reason that system was designed initially was to avoid high-cost procedures as far as if the primary care can manage it, right, uh, then let's leave it at that level. But if needs to go to a specialist, then we'll refer to specialists. But unfortunately, just like in any industry, a percentage of physicians, I think, started taking advantage of that and kind of bouncing off and 
you know, well, I'll, I'll send this guy to you, you charge, and then we'll send back to me, which in every industry that happens. But the system itself was designed to save money, and that's why HMO technically is less expensive than a PPO plan. Right. Right? Right, of so, course. Uh, I mean, regular, let's say, family of four, if you go to an HMO and, and if your employer pays for it, you have very small... Uh, portion Tiny for you, portion. yeah, for a very small portion. But if you go and buy your own plan, you're talking $2,000 a month maybe for four. I mean, can we agree at the end of the day it's you get what you pay for? Always. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. yeah. You get if you're what rich, you, you could just walk into any place, pay the cash, you're well, good to go. Uh, well, somebody was mentioning in the comments, I don't even know if, where it was exactly, they were saying the 1% should pay for everybody's health, not everybody's health care, should pitch in for the health care. Well, I think it was more like they were saying that 1% doesn't pay enough doesn't pay into enough, taxes. Yeah. See, like that's that's one thing I don't understand. It's like, okay, these people are working, they're making, they've created whatever they've created, the business, the corporation, they've become entrepreneurs or they've become doctors or whatever they've become and they're they're part of the one percent. Why should they pay for your stuff? Like it, it just So it's it, fair. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> you don't you don't like it? Go to a communist country. Well, we talk, they talk about the Waltons, right? The whoever it founders is, it of Walmart. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Let well, it be the Waltons. Let it be the Bezoses. Whoever it is. But here's the how many people does you know how many people Walmart employs? A two lot. Po- two point two million. Yeah, people. over two million people. They're they're the largest employer in yeah, the world. Insane, so man. imagine the number of people that put food on their table because of Walmart. I mean, Maybe not the look, highest quality I food mean, on their table, but they put food on their table. <laughs> yes, let's yes. just be honest about it. You guys, let's just not say, oh, they put food Ed, on their table. How is that relevant? It is relevant. How many billions of people don't even have clean water? I mean, how is that? A lot re- of people. Okay, so how is the quality of the food at this point relevant? High look, quality food, high know, quality of life. Bro. Hold Punch. on. You don't think so? Can I, can, I, can I explain one thing to you? This yes. happened today, actually. I went to a property. Uh, we looked at it for one of my clients. And it was, a, it was an investment property. Mm-hmm. It was two units. There was a front house and there was a back house. The back house was separated into a living room, a dining room, uh, one bedroom, and a family room. They had put partitions up and there was people living in each room. Meaning cool. there was a person living in the li- living room. There was a person sleeping in the dining room. There was a person sleeping in the family room. Okay. Now, each one of these people, I was like, I'm like, how did, how did this happen? He goes... He's from Nigeria. He's from Chile. This guy's from here. This guy's from there. And they're basically living here temporarily, paying rent, $400 a month, living in that room, sharing one kitchen, sharing one bathroom together. And they're happy. I said, but how can they live in this kind of condition? He goes, you know what, man? This is Beverly Hills to them compared to where they came from. So the fact that you're saying, oh, they put what kind of food they put for, the, for maybe those people, you know what? It's Beverly Hills. It's just, it might not be filet mignon, but you know what? It, Compared to Nigeria. Exactly. It'll do the job. Yeah. Look, mean, uh, you see the example now? I, I mean, I, I see it, but I don't see it. So. But because look, here's the thing. Uh, you, have, you have a certain... See, maybe somebody might look at you who lives in the Glendale Hills or whatever and says, oh, what the hell is Edgar eating? You know what? What is that? Like, what, why is he what eating the that? What are you eating? What are you eating, bro? Whereas for him... It's pulhur and a chicken every you, single day. You see, but but maybe for him, it's like you know what kind of chicken is that? Look, like, uh, you got you can't compare it like that. Ed. Look, uh, I mean, again, let me uh, take a pride in our uh, nation uh, as Armenians. Mm-hmm. The majority of Armenians that came to this country uh, that I know of mm-hmm. they didn't come with any money. No, I mean, Suitcase. majority of Armenians from Lebanon during the war, 
or from Iran during the Shah time. I mean, you can't say he, that. Some of the well, some of Iran them brought some money. Come on, Maybe let's, let's exc- exclude them. You know what? Let's uh, talk about this. From Armenia, okay, uh, from nothing. And from different countries, the majority, you know, there's some that came with suitcase of cash, I understand. <laughs> but the ones, the majority of us came to this country, we worked hard. Mm-hmm. We didn't uh, steal anything. We didn't, uh, was never burdened on anybody. And we, every one of us made it in this country. We went to schools, um, you know, education, we bought our house. And you end up in Glendale Hills, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that doesn't live in Glendale. <laughs> That's what he said. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, what? I'm making a joke. Hey, hey, I'm making with, it. With, with Edgar, if you, when you bring an example with Edgar, he takes the example and he yeah. just puts his life but, into but the it. But the point is, the point is, with, the point is, I think is, my wife's not family is going to buy me a house in, okay. in Glendale Hills. Uh, okay. The point is, uh, we as Armenians and as Armenian Americans, uh, we're hardworking people, and, and I'm very passionate about our own uh, people, because we came with nothing. We built uh, good communities. We built homes. We got businesses. And we're very successful And today because of our hard work. I mean, yeah. we didn't get money from government. We didn't get any, any help from anybody else. We did it ourselves. And I think that's something uh, to be proud of, and, and thanks to this great country. And that's why when, when the conversation of wages and why doesn't corporate America do this for me and do that for me or why don't the government doesn't the government do this for me it's I, I, I'd like to ask as far as because here, here's what people think and I, I've seen it I've heard it many times they see for example a hospital building right 10 15 stories whatever it is five stories they're like man these guys are big, making bank they have no idea that so many hospitals are losing money so if if you broke it down if you took out a uh, let's say a PNL, right? Your expenses of a single hospital, and you sit down with an employee and say, "Listen, this is what it costs to run this operation. It's not what you think. Why can't I get a ten dollar raise? Why can't I get this? Why can't in one? But they just don't have any idea how the operation right. works. So the demands that are made by employees sometimes, and and I understand there's employers out there that also take advantage of situations. Sure. I'm not saying everything is. All kosher, right? But that's that's sometimes even when I have this conversation with my employees, I break it down for them. I'm like, listen, here, these are the things you have to consider when you ask me for something. I think, uh, Armand, you, you're right on the money. I mean, let me give you a very in a simplistic way. People can understand it. We're not going to give it the hospital executive or very, very simple way. For every dollar, any hospital in this country, 50 cents, half goes to labor. Just understand yeah. that. For every dollar you, you, you bring, cash flow, any, any dollar you come in, half, 50 cents of it goes into labor. Employees, employee benefits, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Another 15% goes to medication. Okay? So that's you're already up to 65% yeah. of the dollar. And you have insurance because you have to provide. Mm-hmm. You have malpractice costs. You have purchase services. You have utilities. By the time you add everything, it almost leaves you maybe less than 5%. Most hospitals in this country run at maybe 3 4 5% margins. Wow. Very small margin. It's not just because you see this uh, hospital making $400 million uh, revenue in a year. Mm-hmm. That 400 doesn't go to the owner's or the company's pocket. It's just this cost of running that business. By the time you break it down... 
it becomes very small percentage. And sometimes you need that in order to to buy new equipment because there's always new equipment coming. There are always these updates, uh, updates, MRIs coming, uh, CT scans, the the uh, you know, uh, 128 slicers and, and everything else that, that's coming to the door. Uh, and, and, you know, and they're expensive. They're not cheap. I mean, uh, all kinds of uh, technologies that makes all these equipment very, very expensive. Yeah. Majority of it is made in the U.S., right? Medical innovation is majority from the U.S.? Uh, most of them are in the U.S., but sometimes uh, uh, Siemens, which is a German company, uh, does a fair amount of uh, MRIs, MRIs and CTs and everything else. Uh, so Siemens, which is you know in 120 countries or something like that, wow, huge in, in U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Japanese companies have some footprint in the United States, but it's a lot of these big companies are international conglomerates that that produce medical equipment and so forth. Now, on one of or our medication is done by Swiss companies and so forth. Yeah. On one of our other pages, actually, on the other stream, uh, there's a couple of other questions. One of the questions is, as far as uh, the COVID tents that are being set up in front of hospitals, uh, what, what's the... What's <laughs> I the, think that's the answer. What's, <laughs> that's some, uh, some of our hospitals have yeah. that. And I'm what's, trying, what's, yeah, you what's know, the, that, that's scary because that's scaring the regular patients. Yeah, exactly, so I told them... Exactly. I, I told, I Their told question them. is, what's the timeline on that? And, you know, when, when, was, that, what, yeah, when okay. was that mandated? And is it mandated or is it more of a hospital? Hospital is not, not mandated. Not, not, nobody mandated those. Hospital putting these tents because they're going to test them in the front, but scaring a lot of people off. So I told uh, some of our executives, uh, hospital CEOs, put them away, you know, hide them or something that the regular <laughs> public doesn't see it because I light, get questions about that light, all the time. Light a barbecue under it. Maybe don't get <laughs> yeah. the wrong uh, impression. Because you, the minute you walk in, boom, wait. It looks like the your, end of the world, right? Uh, like, every day when I go to the hospital, you know which one was scary? They take my uh, temperature. temperature. You know, do I have any temperature? And, and That's the stupidest yeah, thing Yeah, I mean, every yeah, morning, it's, like, it's, 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 a, it's taken. 100 and something degrees outside. You, you park, know, you, by the time you walk to the, the front door, you're like yeah. 99 degrees already. Yeah, it's your hot. Adventist was one of the scariest ones that I saw because I pulled up in front of Adventist one time and I swear to God, it looked like straight out of the movie of E.T. They had like this <laughs> giant tube thing, like this, uh, like a, the tent and then like this uh, plastic uh, tunnel leading to another tent, yeah. leading to another tent. I was like, was it air conditioned? I'm like, what the heck is going? I'm like, what the heck is You're going gonna on? You're going to put the air conditioned. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it freaks no, people I out. No, I, yeah. I think that what we're trying to do is to put these tents that people come in instead of the uh, sun. They, they stay in the shade, and they'll they'll take their temperature, and, and they do initial triage, so to speak. Like Trader Joe's uh, when you stand outside. <laughs> so that's what they were trying to do. Costco, but, Trader but, but, but believe me, that's the reason hospital visits are down. I mean, ER visits are down everywhere across the country. In California, I mean, it's 30% less. Let's look at it another way, Michael. Does that also say that a lot of people were misusing our ER system before this? I'm Does not it sure. say that? Sometimes oh. they use, because you're right, I mean, because they don't have a doctor, they go to ER. They don't I mean, have a primary care. Some people for a cold. Which should not be. It should go to a primary care physician. Or urgent care. Yeah, urgent care I mean, is better. Speaking of cold, have you guys heard of anybody Stop. getting a cold this year? <laughs> I haven't. No. How often was I, I getting sick before shot, all so this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Being a healthcare provider, you not, know, I take a shot. Not a flu so shot. Not a flu. Just, just a flu regular shot. cold. Like somebody had a cold. I think so. they just turned off the switch. Nobody has a cold anymore. <laughs> I haven't heard that of COVID. One. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. I think everything is now... 
You have a so, cough, runny nose, it's COVID. But where do you where do you see this going as far as I think I think very soon uh, they're working on various companies uh will come up with some uh vaccine that will um hopefully alleviate the problem. I think it's close. Um I think by year end we'll have it. And uh not the ones in Russia, but at least <laughs> here in the United States. <laughs> Is it and, near like November third, uh, roughly? <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, I'm not uh, in, in the political <laughs> side. I'm I'm talking from a healthcare <laughs> side. So we'll we'll come up with something that will hopefully uh I mean this fear thing It just I never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, I I need need any one of you, right? I mean, this is very unique in 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 the world basically, not just in the United States. I mean, this tremendous fear, tremendous uh, you know, uh hysteria that's going on. I mean, people are not visiting anybody else, they're not going to anywhere. See, my concern is this. The Spanish flu was in 1918. 18. So 1918, we had the Spanish flu. It lasted for about two years. Everybody had their masks, their gloves, all that stuff. But medicine back then was so behind where I'm shocked that it's taken this long for them to figure out something as far as uh, not, not only a vaccine, but some sort of you know cure for it. But again, you look at some of the statistics, nobody wants to talk about the good behind this whole COVID sure. situation. I think the majority of patients uh, that are coming out with COVID are getting better and they're going home. The not majority of them. 96 to 97%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the majority, not everybody's dying. Now, the ones that are dying, unfortunately, that has other ailments, other yeah. comorbid condition that contributing towards that. Because, you know, as I indicated, you know, if you have other ailments and, and you compromise your body and your immune system, clearly you're ending up you know in an ICU setting yeah. in 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 a ventilator and by the time you're on a ventilator uh the chances of you being weaned off uh, the vent is very very slim small slim yeah. and and you end up uh, unfortunately dying i mean we've seen that i mean we hear about these stories but the percentage wise very low i mean it's not big so i just want to tell you that how about hydroxychloroquine are you guys having issues actually prescribing that are there any limitations uh, or restrictions FDA is, FDA is not letting FDA is not letting they're not letting, uh, letting, they're not letting how about do state it? by But state does that have any effect uh, on the medicine list i mean uh if the FDA is saying no that's uh federal federal, federal yeah But see the FDA hasn't even regulated the covid testing none of the testing is FDA approved why is that being okay then well supposedly There's a new test coming out that's supposed to be with your with the saliva, which was um, I forget the uh, company that invented this new test, but it was also paid for by the NBA and the NBA Players Association invested money so into they it. So they take a mouth yeah. swap, and it's supposed to be the cost is four dollars instead of whatever the one hundred and twenty-five dollars. I've yeah. paid mm. money many yeah. times for that. But imagine this: here's if if every day that we woke up. And on TV, all they talked about was number of fatal crashes. You'd be scared to what, drive. What percentage of people would not even drive a car? I say a big percentage. Right? That's, that's essentially what they're doing because the more, you, and we've talked about this, the more you test, the higher the numbers are going to be. But That's true. But the numbers are absolutely irrelevant because uh, you have to look at how many people actually died from the mm. virus not from stage four cancer that happened to somehow you know have covid yeah that's not a covid death yeah that's a stage four yes cancer it is death. for today it is 
I understand it is. But my point is, if you look at those numbers, and if you have a, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the mortality rate is 0.02%, which is absolutely nothing to be losing trillions of dollars and, you know, jeopardizing and uh, millions of people's you can't lives. You say nothing. I mean, if someone's dying, if, if someone's family member is passing away from this, what? you it's can't just call it nothing. Them. It's a disaster for that specific person. Okay. But yeah, on an true. overall scale, right. it is nothing. How many people die in the U.S. every year? <laughs> a lot. Maybe le- more than any year than this year. I'll guarantee you that. Because less people driving, more accidents. I mean, yeah. that Even the accidents are less. ERs yeah, are course. seeing less, less accidents right? because a lot of people are... I mean, we have a trauma center, and, and we're not seeing as many patients coming. No traumas. Yeah, there's but less traumas. Defund the media. That's the solution. Right. I promise you, you defund the media, everything, everything will right. fall into place. Because right. it's like, seriously, when you drive around town, they've turned it into a not even a third-world country. You've got these tents set up where salon owners are you know, doing pedicures and cutting hair. I mean, what world are we living in? It's our governor. Right? It's, he's turning the whole state into skid row, You basically. know how disgusting it looks? I went to the barbershop to get a haircut. It was outside. Number one, it was hot. I'm, I'm sitting in the chair, sweating with my mask on. I have sweat dripping down my back. <laughs> he's cutting my hair. And it's sticking. <laughs> it's sticking to me, number one. And then you have hair on the floor. And then you have a breeze that comes in. Oh. All of a sudden, the, the chunk of hair that was on the floor is now gone. No one broomed it. No one swept it. No one vacuumed it. It's gone. Where is it? You know what? It might, it, it might be at the neighbor's house. It might be at Costco. It might be at the gas station. It's unsanitary. And these guys are stepping in it. And I'm like... And that hair could have COVID too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, is this, is this sanitary? And they go, ask our governor. This is supposed to be sanitary. I know. It's crazy. Well... We have a lot of good questions from our audience. We have a ton of questions, actually. Uh, Naira wanted to know, what does Mr. Sarian think about FNPs? I'm assuming she's referring to nurse practitioners. Nurse practitioners, yeah. I mean, nurse practitioner, no, physician uh, assistant. Family nurse practitioners. Family family nurse practitioners. Uh, It's very important function in healthcare, overall delivery of the healthcare system. We need, because we don't have enough physicians, so we need um, anything, nurse practitioners, family uh, uh, physicians, uh, practitioners, anything that ancillary. And now they're allowing under licensing guidelines to do other things, right? Prescriptions, mm-hmm. see patients, because they're all part of the primary care, uh, you know, delivery system we have. And I'm all for it. I'm really a big advocate because, you know, physicians, they can be supervised by a physician and, and you can see these patients because sometimes not every patient is a crucial or critical that requires a physician time and and that NP or the physician assistant can see them and even write prescription you know for basic stuff you know and and it will uh, help the healthcare system i mean i'm all for it because physician burnout is at an all-time high, isn't it? It is. It right? is very. I mean, especially with the COVID things, yeah. some physicians are getting sick. Several of our ER physicians got sick themselves. Some can't stand what's going on politically, and they leave the scene. Is that possible too? I don't know. I didn't discuss politics with them, so we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh gosh! So then we shouldn't ask you how much, how much politics. 
actually influences the healthcare industry? It does a lot because, you know, clearly, because uh, a big chunk of our business, as you know, is, is come from government. We're yeah. dependent on government, state and federal. Um, clearly, Medicare, uh, which is the federal government, I would say in any healthcare institution is close to half of all your revenues and your dollars come from uh, Medicare. Uh, maybe another 10, 15% from Medi- Medi-Cal. That's already 60, 70%. Government influences you. Without government, you cannot function. Mm-hmm. No physician, no healthcare clinic, no hospital can function without government. So we're heavily dependent on government. So it's a government, even though you may say, well, we don't want the government, but government's still involved heavily in healthcare. And decision made in healthcare is all related to government and how the government does its policies because, you know, whether it's a Republican administration or Democratic administration, whatever healthcare policies they have, it influences hospitals and healthcare delivery system in the country. And it also affects the patient population. I mean, that's something we have to accept. Yeah. I think it's, it's all, it, now here's the thing. a lot of people say, oh, the government has to stay out of everything. So out of, we need limited government. That's what it has to be. Yeah, I, I believe in that. I mean, um, I didn't come from Soviet Union, but, or, you know, communist systems where government control everything. Mm-hmm. And so I strongly believe in the role of the government and that government role has to be limited, as you said. Yeah. I agree with that. Because, because you don't want government to interfere everything you do. Exactly. I mean, we're not a communist system. You know, should not government tell me who I'm going to marry, who I'm going to date, who, where I'm going to go, where I'm going to come, and how much money I have in the bank. That's none of their business. That should leave me, I should be free, or you should be free, to uh, marry whoever you want. Yes. Date whoever you want. And I'm all even for, for it if you, you know... Uh, you want to have, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to uncharted territory now, have a, uh, uh, you know, a lesbian or, or a homosexual relationship, <laughs> fine with me. I have no issue with that. If you're, uh, you know, I have friends in healthcare, they're, uh, you, know, uh, you know, homosexual because a lot of them in healthcare. And if you're, uh, that's fine with me. As long as you inter- don't interfere with my life, I'm all for it. I mean, it's your choice. You make that choice, you can live with that choice. Uh, so I don't believe government should interfere and tell us what to do. Yes. Should not say morality. Should not say. I mean, you know, government has a role. Should not let anybody that's, uh, you know, come and, and do bad things. You yeah. know, those people should be punished and, and should be put away. But as you know, as long as it's acceptable norm, I'm okay with yeah. that. Handle the police department, the fires, the schools, the postal yeah. service. But as I mean, far we as need government. We can't say you don't need government. No, 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 you don't no, need no, the police department. It. We need them. So we shouldn't more of the them. police then. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, look, I'm all uh, for law enforcement to make sure we have good law enforcement because otherwise be chaos, anarchy. We don't want that. But also on the same token, you don't want the police to be brutal. I mean, you don't want a, a police state that they go beat the shit up someone. You don't want that. I mean, you, you should have your dignity. If you stop you for whatever reason is suspicious, they should treat you with dignity, not beat the shit out of you and kill you. I mean, that's not right. I think if you... Here's here's what I think it is. If a police officer stops you and you, you comply, you, and you comply, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter what it is, you, everything will go fine. But if you start getting aggressive with the police officer, start pushing back, pulling, not complying with what they're saying... That. 
You should not do that. You're going to get what you pay for. Of course. It's all it's all about complying at the end of the day. If you did if you didn't do anything wrong, you plead the fifth, you go to jail, you go to, and we have a court system. And if he gives you a ticket, take it. Don't argue with him. Yeah. You know, just fight it in court. Fight it in court. Fight it in court. Sign it. He may not show up, and you'll win the case. There, or that. <laughs> now, you, or you can hire me, and I'll go fight for you. You mentioned about how the success rate is almost slim to none when it comes to ventilators intubation, right? So why? Because there's comments and questions as far as hospitals have an incentive to intubate because they get a higher re- reimbursement for intubation. Uh, do you think that's the reason why so many hospitals are maybe even pushing for intubation versus other ail- treatments where if we know, for example, if it, let's say for argument's sake, it's a 2% chance of survival, mm-hmm. why even intubate them? Look, uh, a very dear friend of mine end up in, in ICU. Mm-hmm. And, uh, With COVID? Not COVID. This is prior to COVID. Oh, prior to and very prominent member of our community. I don't want to use any name yeah. just to keep his privacy. And the family approached me and because they were scared, because they were saying he was on, um, uh, on, on a ventilator for about two weeks. In ICU. In ICU. Mm-hmm. Standard of care is uh, if somebody's in for about uh, two weeks, right, so roughly two weeks, you have to... Uh, go in there and, and, and cut it and put a tube because uh, the chances are you're not going to come back. I mean, that's the standard. So uh, I, you know, when they consult with me and I consulted one of our um, pulmonologists and he said, well, sometimes, you know, you may need a few more days. That's what he said. It's another opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this particular case, we told uh, the doctors on the case on this particular patient, no, we need to keep a few more days. The hospital fought and said, no, we want to intubate, but we pushed it. At the end of the day, you control it, not the hospital. I mean, I want to tell you that. The patient and the patient's family who is the control that you life. I mean, don't let anybody, me or any hospital person, tell you what to do. It's, patient it's your life. Don't do that. I mean, this is a free country. So we fought back. And I'm the hospital person. I mean, all my years I spent in hospitals. I know the system very in and out. And I advised them against it, against this hospital, okay? And uh, we did not intubate him. And believe it or not, a few days later, because he was, he was, he came back. He came on back his own. On his own. And now is well and, and doing very well. Is a very prominent member of our community. And he was never intubated. Uh, was never cut there, and uh, so look. Uh, so what the was hospital, done for the two weeks then? If he wasn't intubated, he was. Uh, he was just, just uh, on a, a respirator. Oxygen. Yeah, oxygen ah, okay. and respirator. Okay. Yeah, I mean, high flow oxygen. I mean, yeah, yeah. They wanted to intubate him, and right, right away, you know, uh, put a uh, tube. And and look, uh, the, the, I mean, when you're trying, the decision has to be made by hospitals, in conjunction with the families. And somebody has to make that decision. Now, if you say no, nobody can force you. They may push you. You are nurses and so forth. You know, we need to do something. But at the end of the day, you control your destiny. But the challenge in today's environment is the family is not allowed in the hospital. So the decision-making, I don't think majority of patients can make decisions because they're flustered, they're overwhelmed to make Medicated. Uh, yeah, to make a rational decision, 
Well, I'm, whoever has the durable power of attorney should make no, that decision. No, meaning they're not if their you're own not, person. You cannot, yeah, you cannot make the decision yourself. You should designate a durable power of attorney to someone who will make those decisions for you when you not cannot make those decisions. Right. Well, no, no, no. But he, what he's trying to say is basically, no God, God forbid, if one of us ends up in the hospital, my wife, my mom, my dad, my brother, nobody can be by my side. I'm by myself. If uh, God forbid, if I'm intubated and I'm basically um, sedated as well, who's going to make the decisions for well, me? Well, they're going to consult. Uh, the hospital cannot come. Let's say if you cannot make a decision, you're intubated or you're sedated. Sedated. Uh, you cannot make this yourself. They're going to find out who's your, uh, you know, uh, has your wife, your, basically your wife or your family member make that decision for you. They cannot force you I to think do something the problem without is, the family's not. It cannot happen. Yeah. No, I think the issue is is like it's you're not physically there. Yeah. It's like, you know what, let me let me FaceTime let me FaceTime the the family and have them see the patient or you know what, let me make a phone call. Let them not be there cuz I think at the end of the day when a doctor is there with a family member and a patient and the patient's family and they explain what they're going to be doing as far as the procedure or the next steps as far as medication, I think it puts the family more at ease rather than make, picking up the phone, say, making a phone call and saying, all right, you know what, get back to me within a couple of hours regarding what we should do. That's, that's what the entire United States or at least California and Los Angeles is going through right now. And it sucks because there's families out there that don't have COVID. The patient doesn't have COVID, but they're not allowed to be next to their loved ones. There's families who are giving birth to their kids and mom and dad are there, but yeah. nobody can go celebrate with them. When is all this chaos going to be basically put to an end? I know. It's a very, very... I mean, as I said, in, and I've been in this uh, healthcare business for years now, being a healthcare provider. Uh, I've never seen anything like this in my entire career. Yeah. So it is a very, very unique situation we're facing as a country, as an industry. Um, when this going to end? Hope very soon. And, and um, I would say end of the year, maybe beginning of uh, next year, uh, and, and if there's a vaccine sooner, I think by the time we start vaccinating people and, and getting into normal life, it might take some time till maybe almost middle of next year. Can, can we reset 2021 and just call it 2020? This 2020 was a horrible year. Uh, but, but I mean, it's the worst year. <laughs> Imagine this. We lost though. the year six su- months. And it was supposed to be one of the best years. It's no. Everybody it wanted to get married in 2020. Yeah, everybody had their specific. Okay, wait till 2021. Yeah. That's but look at it this way. Imagine you're in the hospital, right? The hospital is... I mean, I don't think anybody says, oh, I can't wait to go to the hospital. No. It's not a very pleasant environment. Unless to be someone's in. born. Yeah, maternity is different. Yeah, different. But as far as even, in my opinion, even if a patient is given whatever the treatment is, let's say for COVID or anything, anything, pneumonia, whatever the situation happens to be, the way the patient responds when they have a loved one sitting next to them bedside is different than when they're alone and they feel like they're in this, you know, 10 by 10 cell. Mm-hmm. So I think even the response from the patients is going to be um, less, what's the word? Le- you're going to have a... Stressful, uh, less stressful? No, no, the response is going to be actually, you're going to have oh, more positive of a, response. Less, so. m- more of a negative outcome from the treatment because the patient is alone. They have no 
support psychosocial system. support. From, so are from you talking? Are you talking about hearing yeah, family absolutely. members' voices, I mean, speaking uh, to them, them being support. there physically you, you, with you, holding your hand? That 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 completely uh, changes the outcome of the results of whatever absolutely. the treatment is. I mean, right? you're 100 percent correct. I mean, absolutely correct. Because you know your your status, you know, as a as a father, as a husband, wife, when you're next to your uh, children next to your family, you feel much better. I mean, it's very natural. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, without having that support system, it really makes the, uh, the I mean, takes longer to uh, get better, recover. Uh, takes much longer when you're alone, sitting, I mean, you have fears. You, I mean, look, hospitals, as you said, yeah. it's not a good place to be in. I spent most of my life and career in hospitals, but, you know, for non-professional, it's a scary place to come. I mean, you're having a surgery, they're cutting you, or, or you're sick, or you're afraid, you're going to die, you're going to lose something, or what if they do something wrong to me? And, and you hear, you know, some bits and pieces of uh, wrong things. I mean, the only happy place in a hospital when there's a childbirth, as you said. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the happy the place. And when you, that's the, yeah, you have a child, leaves. you're happy, you know. Kidneys. Oh, yeah, I have, a, I have a boy, I have a girl. Yeah. You're happy. I mean, overall, even though we're trying to change, and in the past, every house was white. Imagine. I mean, now they're changing colors, making more friendly the rooms and everything else. They're not, you know, good places to be in. And and hospitals are supposed to be a very short stay, five days, six days maximum, and get out. It's not a place that you're going to be there for relaxation. It's not a Ritz-Carlton, you know. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not a, a place on the beach, you know, uh, to take it easy in, in uh, Laguna Beach or something. No, it's a hospital. It's a place. They're there for a surgery. Surgery is done. You recover. Get out. Uh, you come for a, any, any major problem, you know, hopefully that problem is under control. You get out. Right. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not even a nursing home. It's not a place that you're going to be there. It's not a uh, hospice. It's not. It's not a thing. That's not the place for an acute hospital. How That's about as far place. as the nurses dealing with less family? I mean, I've worked in a hospital setting, and the nurses wouldn't give as much attention to those patients that don't have visitors on a daily basis. So well, do you think I mean, with this coronavirus or COVID. Does that make it easier for the nurses not having anyone in the hospital? Because majority of the challenges for the nurses doesn't come from the patient; it comes from the family. Of course, because sometimes the patient cannot speak or Definitely. sedated, and and they're not talking and this and that. It's true, and sometimes families can be burdened to the Definitely. to the nursing staff. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's all individually. You cannot generalize something well, because you know a lot of nurses are. Really caring people, they they want to make sure their patients are well. A lot of physicians are good. You always have these exceptions, of course. And the exception also is a big, yeah, unfortunately. Be, it, yeah, Garrett, well, uh, go ahead. Elena would even say it. she was like, now that a lot of pa- my wife, because my wife's a registered nurse, she deals with patients all the time. She says now that family isn't interfering. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah she tells me all the time. She says now that families aren't interfering with the patient stuff, yeah. she goes, we're having more patients in and out quicker Yeah, and it's easier to treat them. You don't have somebody breathing down your neck. You don't have somebody constantly asking you Questions. the same question over and over and over. If there's something that needed, that's needed, they call the family up, whatever is needed. And then obviously she's not in the critical, the critical floors, but right. you know. Well, I mean, unfortunately... Uh, 
some of our families, uh, uh, I mean, because they're nervous, they don't understand what's going on, they're constantly asking the same question over and over again. Uh, I mean, look, these nurses have a lot to do. There's a lot of documentation. They're charting and this and that. I mean, very difficult job. It's not a walk in the park to be a nurse, to be a doctor uh, in a hospital. It's a high-stress positions that you have. Let's give a lot of kudos to them, the healthcare providers. I mean, they're really dedicated their lives to treat patients and making you better. See, Sarah says the opposite. Um, She's like, I'm a trauma ER nurse, and it's much harder for us without family. It, I guess it depends on floor to floor. ER is different. ER is different. Trauma and ER is different. Yeah. But even... Well, in a trauma situation, you want to talk to a family. 100%. I mean, because the patient came, injuries... Who and are cannot, you? Where are you from? Yeah, who are you with? That's so for a trauma nurse, I can see the point. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier about how you're the, you are in control. You, the patient, are in control. But I get this question asked all the time where, even today... The daughter of a patient called me said, you know, right as I was driving here, actually, she says they're, the hospital called. They're discharging my father right now. What can I do? Um, but when you say they're in control, the option is you can appeal to Medicare. Let's assume you have Medicare, right? But that, that's a process still. It's not, you know, it doesn't. Okay, but, 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 but understand why this patient being discharged. If the patient is discharged and not doing well for whatever reason, why is the patient being discharged? Uh, if the patient is doing well and they're discharging it because it reaches stage that's stable. Correct. And, and, and all the lab work shows stable. So there's no reason to keep the patient in, in the hospital. What Again, what you and I think is stable and what the family thinks is stable are two, two different, different things, things, right? But if you're, all your lab work is normal, yeah. I mean, there's no reason for you to keep in the hospital. Why stay in the hospital? The hospital is not a hotel. And as, as I keep saying, it's yeah. not a risk halt, and I mean, you need to, to get out of there. So as far as that goes, then, if there, there's no medical need, the hospital can no longer do any interventions. Because, uh, they, number they one, they have ha- to leave. They have to leave. Medicare okay. will deny that day. Uh, HMOs will never let you do it. Mm-hmm. And if the HMOs have their own physicians, uh, they will not even let keep you there. They'll, they'll discharge you. Sometimes they don't even keep you in two days. They won't give you observations. Hypochondriacs, man. There's a lot of hypochondriacs out there well, that go in for no reason. There's also a lot of misconception where people think that, you know, they're discharging me so I can go home and come back again. But can you elaborate on okay, that yeah. as far as Look, the uh, penalties you There's guys a penalty, face, yes. Right? I mean, it's not a huge penalty, but it is a penalty. Readmission within 30 days, as we call it in the business. Yeah. If you have readmission within 30 days. Frequent uh, flyers. Yeah, frequent <laughs> <laughs> we call these frequent flyers. They come kind of. You don't get points usually, on your American <laughs> Express. Yeah, they, they usually want medication. You know, drugs. That's what they're seeking. Ah. They come constantly to ER because they're seeking drugs. Uh, these and frequent usually flyers. It's the same time of the month. Every time. Uh, at the end of the month, when they get their checks, they come back. Um, yeah, I, re- <laughs> I, I remember. I remember my wife. She would tell. She was always telling me. She was like, there was this one patient. He was a homeless man, and he, would, homeless, and he yeah. would swallow batteries. To go to the hospital no. to basically get a bed. He would oh. sleep in and they would say, listen, when you go to the bathroom, we want to see it drop, the, the batteries, before we can discharge you. What he would do is he would go go to the bathroom, flush it, let it go down the stool, and then he would go lay back down. He'd be like, I don't know what happened. 
what happens is now they got to take him to x-rays, make sure it's out, more time there. And then what happens? A week later, whoop, he's back again. Battery, battery homeless I mean, guy. Um, I mean, you know what I would do if Duracell, I would, Duracell you, patient. You know, what, exa- <laughs> you know what I would do if I were the hospital? Honestly? Please don't take any ideas, people. Yeah, don't and, get any ideas. We don't go swallowing batteries. And Mike, you may want to take this advice. Okay. <laughs> I'm not taking no batteries. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. Imagine. No, no, no. no, I swear, I'm not. I'm not being smart ass. Uh, no, I'm just. How joking. much would it cost if you paid for housing for this individual rather than the cost of? Honestly, Believe me, it is cheaper. Some of it these would people be, don't want it housing. It would be twenty times. No, forget it. That's something no, people don't right. understand, though. Just anything, anywhere. I mean, Motel I mean, Six, anything you want. Just on, it's, what forty bucks a day. It's costing him two grand a day to house this individual. Like sometimes we drive them, get them out of there. We can't dump onto the street because they won't let so us. So you do just it. drive them further away from your hospital? Is that what? Happens? No, I didn't say that. State lines. Uh, get, get them out. Uh, as soon as no, here's the thing. A lot of the times is the homeless situation, and there are there's cameras in the skew road takes pictures of you if you drop the patient. Really, there. really, you see. That's what the city attorney was going after hospitals because the hospitals were. Taking these patients and they got into trouble, and they're just the dumping attorney. them at Skid Row. Yeah. Skid Row. Taxi, See, it, that's and they they knew because it was coming from the fair. It was a few years back. I don't really yeah. remember. I, I see. It's, at the end of the day, you look at it. You keep you keep going back and forth with this whole homeless situation. It's still it's it's a mental it's a mental issue rather than a financial. It is and, major mental. I mean, a lot of them have uh, mental issues. Like, do you have? Are there any hospitals? I know you have. There, you manage a ton of hospitals. Are there specific hospitals where you get a lot of homeless, in, you know, yeah, as far town as Yeah, hospitals, yeah. Inner city hospitals, I mean. And they're just all with they, mental they, issues, they, majority, yeah, of them. Ma- majority of them. I mean, they have psych issues. You see, man? It's psych, psych issues, most of them. I mean, unfortunately, the downtown hospitals or, you know, within the vicinity of downtown get a lot of these uh, patients, homeless patients, and uh, end up with uh, a lot of psych problems, major psych issues they have. Now, as far as homeless with COVID? Well, I mean, believe it or not, they're saying actually it's not higher than the regular population. Which is crazy, isn't it? That I mean, it makes sense. They're living in the most unsanitary unsanitary areas. Well, no, they're actually now they're they're six immune? feet apart. No, they're six feet. And they're immune, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> their immune system is more tolerable. The immune part does make sense to me. I mean, how? If they're facing every day more germs, they oh, probably these have... These guys had are some of the illest people. What are you talking... You yeah. think... You think them Not having them gangrene Ill, and diabetes and uh, all uh, of the above, gu- you know, yeah. anything else, you, GI issues? You think these guys? Oh, yeah, they have immunity because they're not in. No, a- man, they're they're more <laughs> the, the sickest people. I mean, you you look at them, right? Here's the thing: you don't look at a, you don't physically examine a homeless person when you're when you're sit when they pass you. You want to get away from yeah. horrible. Yeah. You want to get away from them as soon as possible. But if you if you actually examine. What a homeless person actually looks like. You have missing teeth, their skin, their fingernails, everything, man. You'll see even scabs all over their body. I mean, from hygiene is not there. That's well, yeah, of course, but that's it's, all it is. It's, it's, it's hygiene. Just hygiene. Some, yeah. Okay, it's health issues. Hygiene leads to health no, issues. Man, it's, a, it? it's a lot, Ed. It's a lot. It's more than hygiene, man. You have First is the mental. The majority mental. of these people are out there for mental of issues. Of course, but yeah. as uh, they're out there for it's mental. Chicken and the egg. Which one came <laughs> first? <laughs> uh, Ninette had a great comment. She says uh, people who are diagnosed with meningitis get isolated. And yes. the uh, family members typically have to sign a um, 
a release form as far as releasing liability where they'll wear isolation gowns and it's be able very, to visit. It's um, very uh, transferable, meningitis. Yeah. Right. Contagious. It's a so, contagious. So why can't we do the same thing for COVID and allow family visits? Because you know what a lot of nursing homes are doing now? They're allowing what's called compassionate visits when the, when the resident or the patient of the nursing home becomes, there's a changing condition where they're not necessarily imminent, but... Imminent that. Yeah, but not necessarily that. Where even if there's a changing condition, they'll they'll allow compassionate visits once, twice a week sometimes. Sure. Where the family can see them. Uh, it makes perfect sense to yeah. me. So why can't we do that at the hospitals, though? I don't know. There's more cases of COVID? That's because gonna be people an excuse. are... I mean, some of it is just the way um, the healthcare providers are so nervous because... You don't know, I mean, who's coming because you never tested them. So you yeah. don't know the family member. I mean, it, because this is highly contagious. Again, we're just learning. about. I mean, this is a new disease. It just happened a few months back, mm-hmm. you know, four or five months. Right. So I think a lot of we don't know. We're learning as much as we can from the patients we saw, from uh, the literature we can read as much as possible. But this is not something been here few years that you know much about it mm-hmm. as we're learning more and we're changing our the way we're behaving but clearly just the sound thing to do is isolate everyone not just keep in distance in order not to infect everybody else michael are you going to be trusting with these new vaccines well what is your thoughts on the vaccine look coming uh in? look i mean i take the regular vaccine every year for Cold, cold vaccine. Right. I mean, because people vaccine? say, they always say, you know, always people are, oh, it's bad, it's whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been taking it for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And uh, person myself. Now, if the vaccine is tested, if the vaccine is, is uh, safe, there's no reason not to take it. Uh, we can't have, we can't call it safe because we're not going to do the they're re- doing the testing regular testing that we would do for six seven years we're not doing that we're skipping majority well I think uh, that's true they're skipping years of because we're in their gun but if they tested enough and their uh, good literature and the studies that they've done I mean FDA I'm pretty sure in this country FDA will not let a medication out to the uh, public if it's not safe. I mean, that's something I know. This is not another country. Uh, the FDA is under so much pressure uh, not to release something that is not safe. It has to be very safe. Mm-hmm. How about mandates? I don't believe in mandates. I mean, that's something I'm opposed philosophically. Uh, what are the government? I don't think the Trump administration would do that. Trump I, I wouldn't. It. We're concerned if about... We, uh, if, uh, if it changes in November and we have yeah. Democratic administration, maybe, I don't know. I don't know the answer well, to you that. Really it's think a hypothetical. You really think the Democrats would actually mandate it? Well, I Kamala Harris was saying, I will sign an executive order, order to, to uh, take away your guns and, ma- and, vac- and uh, mandated vaccines. Vaccine. She's asking for civil war. Well, she's asking for it because she knows she's not being She's not going to go into Look, office. Uh, Listen, you better be careful. Can we That's just, our next can we president just, right there. Can we just oh, skip yeah. to 2021 and just call it a day? I mean, I don't. at this point, I don't even want to see the debates anymore. Because four, it's uh, four months we have. It's okay. Years. Let's just start it, let's start it right now. Why we'll, are you rushing? We'll have a... We'll, we'll, <laughs> aren't you having fun? No, not anymore, man. Come on, not man. Anymore. You're not tired of... Talking about COVID. <laughs> Good question. That's the first time we're talking. Every, uh, Michael, every week, and then whoever is here, 
COVID is an issue. COVID is a is topic. Oh, and, really? We can't. And even they're not healthcare providers. They're not even health. Next week we have a director coming in. I guarantee we're going to be talking about COVID. Oh wow! It's just. It's I'm in not. That. Okay. <laughs> We'll see. I'm going to wear my Bernie Sanders hat if I could find it. And I'm it's inevitable. I mean, it's something where it's affected every single person's life. It is. Good I and mean, bad. This is a not just an issue here in the United States. It's a, it's a worldwide issue, and it's affected everybody's life. But see, why? Somehow, one way or another, you're affected by this. But why is the world recovering and we're not? Well, I mean, because we're th- testing more. We're testing more. Right? That, that's true. But also, lately, the past. 10 days, we've seen a, a big drop in the cases that we're seeing. Yes. So there's a stability, by the way. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're seeing for the first time that I know of, mm-hmm. and I watch this thing, study it every day. This, uh-huh. is, this is what I do on a day-to-day basis. We're seeing almost a reduction of one-third of patients that That's are huge. showing up. Huge. Yeah. One-third less patients that have COVID now. See, now you're saying one-third right now. Now imagine adding that to the people that aren't even being tested or the people that have recovered. I mean, these people, people are just showing in ERs, in physician offices, and we're seeing in the hospitals, we have less patients with COVID now than we did two weeks ago, yeah. a month ago. And, and the statistically, it's about one-third less. Wow. That's a big number. It's a huge number. Now, Anait was asking about the psychological effects of COVID, but also... That's a big... As far as the repercussions of um, the, for example, the restaurant industry, I think half of the restaurants are not reopening. I agree with you. I mean, this caused so much uh, damage to our economy. And I think uh, the big ones, you know, the big chains maybe can sustain it. But a lot of the mom and pop restaurants, they're going to go well, out of business. Cheesecake actually is considering could, bankruptcy. We did the b- bankruptcy, I think. They did filed they? Or I, they I, were, I'll do, I'll do, I thought I'll they were considering yeah. it. So as far as... They, oh, they said they're not paying the rents. That, that, oh, they're not. That, 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 they they See, stopped paying could, rents. Could you imagine? Like, 200 locations. You have, you have basically mom and pop shops who are basically saying, we can't pay the rent. And then you have a cheesecake factory of that caliber already getting to the point where they're already... Getting ready to say, well, we can't pay, we the, can't rent. pay the rent. It's no different. If a mom and pop has $20,000 a month, uh, for example, let's say how revenue, much, they how have 15000 expense. How much you think rent is at the Americana? It's, it's, all, 40 it's, grand? it's all relative. Easily. No, I know. Not forty grand. Maybe more? At, at the Americana? It's a huge place. No, They're no, paying no, no, over no. two hundred grand in rent in, at the, the Americana. Because that Cheesecake spot, Factory... Cheesecake per, per month, you guys are saying, yes. it's about 200000 Cheesecake thousand. Factory... I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not an expert on that. I don't know anything about real estate. Yeah. I would believe what you're saying. If uh, you think I, it's... I, you're I, real estate. Uh, yeah, I think it would... It's I, easy five, $5 a square foot there. Easily $5, five $6 yeah. minimum, minimum. So Cheesecake Factory, here's what you have to consider. Cheesecake Factory has to generate about... Twelve to fourteen hundred dollars a year of revenue per square foot, in order for them to consider a location. Okay, yeah, that is not easy to do in this environment. So when you say, "Well, a mom and pop shop," it's you have five employees. Cheesecake has five hundred at one location, or whatever that number is. Right? It's all relative. So people think because it's cheesecake, they have you know two hundred billion dollars sitting in the bank. They don't. They don't. <laughs> They've got most more. Uh, <laughs> most uh, restaurants. And maybe sixty to ninety days of cash on hand. That's it. That's it. And this we've been going on on this for six months now. 
How does the hospital months. system get ready for that? How many how many months of backup money do hospitals? Not not that much either, because we have daily uh, and monthly cash flows. Coming and you from have the government that government, always yeah. bail them yeah. out yeah. anyways. So See, in our case, we get money from government. She's in fact is customers yeah. much difficult. So what what Medicare did was they they took advances about they give us about two percent of Medicare revenue from two thousand eighteen and or nineteen. Yeah. Right. And so, for example, if a hospital had billed $100,000 of Medicare in 2018, Medicare automatically granted them up to $2,000 or 2% of that revenue to help them deal with the uh, loss in revenue, to, to, to buy more PPE products and all that. So uh, that's what the grant was for. And that you don't have to pay back as long as you've used it for that. You didn't go buy new real estate or, right? Yeah, yeah. There's some requirement. You can't give <laughs> expand raises. the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can't give the CEO a big raise or yeah. something, you know? Uh, yeah. That could be the problem cheesecake, here. Cheesecake, Dave & Buster's. Yeah, Dave & Buster's, Cheesecake, and the, and the majority of other large uh, restaurants have already stopped paying rent. And yeah. Dave & Buster's is actually possibly, possibly filing BKP. I think Starbucks was even... Closing a couple hundred locations, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Right? 400 locations. Yeah. Yeah. I did read that too. So, so you think the long-term effects are going to be worse than the what COVID has actually done to yes, people? Yes, I think, uh, number one, uh, for our economy, I mean, we end up, number one, borrowing $2 trillion. And we're going to probably borrow another $2 trillion or so. So I think our national debt went up. That's Who one. are we borrowing it from? Uh, from the public, Federal basically. Reserve? Federal Reserve goes uh-huh. and borrows money. It's not printing money, as you were saying. It borrows money, usually. Uh, so it borrows money. I mean, it cannot print money. It does print money, but <laughs> it does not print in terms of just more money because Absolutely. that's a hyperinflation. That's what happened in Europe um, after the war. war uh, uh, and and it, it destroyed their economy. So our government goes and borrows the funds. Mm-hmm. It increases our national debt. It's very high at this stage, $25 trillion. You can't even see how big the money is. How many zeros? $25 trillion <laughs> that we have. I mean, imagine the, uh, the interest on it, even at uh, 0.1%. It's huge money. Uh, I mean, the economy, our economy completely destroyed in many areas. Unemployment. Yeah. It was one of the highest. It was like, 40 million or 38 million people were out of a job, and they were getting all these supplemental checks, $600 every week plus another 400 Some people were getting $1,000 a month, More than a week. Salary. Yeah, yeah, more than week. they were making, we're making work, it so at they're work. like, screw it, I'm not going yeah, back to work. I'm not going to work. <laughs> so that's basically what happened. Yeah. So I think it, it was a, a – I mean, you're right. I mean, it's just havoc to our economy. Yeah. I mean, havoc to our economy. It just completely destroyed our economy in many areas. Now – we are opening some of our businesses, so that's going to help. But I think it has a tremendous... And our uh, GDP this year, it went down for the first time. Really? GDP growth, uh, it was negative. Something like 20% or 25% GDP went down for the first time. So it is a, a major disaster for our economy. Not just healthcare. It just destroyed people's lives. A lot of people still working from home. Yeah. I don't know how productive they are uh, because once you work at home versus working in an office or a factory or whatever, it's, it's different. different. I've tried You're not it. productive. I've You're not productive. No. Uh, even in, in hospitals, a lot of people are still working from home. 
Well, look at this. School started today for a lot of schools. <laughs> and everybody and their mother was posting their kids in front of a laptop with their headsets on wow. and basically saying, first day of school. And, it's, and I'm looking at these videos and I'm like, it used to be a celebration going to... Going to school. to school, it's like first day of school. Everybody's you get to kids see your photos. You know, <laughs> forget the kids' photos. No, during, I'm talking about the kids. No, no, no. I'm talking about during our time. You get to see your friends again. Yeah, you get to. Basically I mean, it's a find social out if, thing. Yeah, you get to find out what classes you have together. What did you do in the stuff. summer? What did you do in the summer? Yeah. Or if the, those the ones that you didn't see, some of the friends you you know you hung out during the summertime. You're like, you know what? I hope we have some classes together. Now it's like everybody's excited about their kids being in front of a laptop while the teachers. Half naked, probably at <laughs> waist home, waist down, <laughs> naked, teaching your kid how to color, color a, a, a balloon or whatever it is. I saw a video of a one kid. One kid, it was like, "All right, now pick up the red crayon." The pick, kid picking up a green crayon and just coloring whatever it is. It's like that's that's not school. That's not learning. That's not interaction. It's, it's that's wasting time so they yeah. can collect money. Uh, you know what? My property, my my. Yeah, Ooh, that's pizza, pizza Hut. Yeah. From, uh, Ramon. Pizza Hut. Yeah. Ramon just commented, "Pizza Hut." Have, uh, have you noticed? A lot of restaurants are in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. Have you had? Or retailers too. A lot of retailers, mall owners. Yeah. I mean, they're in really deep. deep Zara, deep. who's the wealthiest retailer in the world, was I forget how many stores they're even closing. It's, yeah, it's a um, Spanish company based yeah. from Spain, and and they're in. I mean, every one of them because they're, they're all right. shut down. Have you noticed an influx of uh, like suicidal cases coming into the hospital or not yet? We've seen some increase in uh, psych patients. That is true. And our psych units are full. Mm. Um, but psych is always is always full, technically right? always yeah. full. So I'm not sure whether it's, you know, I haven't done a study to yeah. comment to say, yeah, there's a definite increase. But a lot of people are, you know, staying home, no social interaction, I mean, you know, I mean, it's okay once in a while to stay home, but stay constant at home, it's not the best thing. Even me, you know, I want to get out of the house sometimes. You know, I don't yeah. want to stay home all the time. And, and, and unfortunately, this forced us to stay home. It forced us not to go out. To, to yeah. Restaurants were closed. I mean, you know, I'm not sure how you guys, all of you, interacting, but we're not. We're not going out at all. I mean, this is the first time I'm, besides work, Besides hospital work, I'm first time I'm out. Actually, basically. physically socializing. Physically, yeah, no. yeah, I'm not. I mean, number one, I've been working, you know, many hours every day, um, and by the time I get home, I'm tired. And weekends, I'm trying to catch up uh, for you know, daily stuff. So I haven't been going out, and there's no place to go out. There's no restaurants. There's no entertainment places you can go. Yeah. Even taking my daughter to places, you know, we're kind of limited. And I've been going to my other house and staying there basically. One, Hopefully it will end soon, like one, all of One us. of our viewers just texted me that um, apparently him and his wife both were are COVID positive, and he's like, "We've got up, like very minimal symptoms," and uh, I think it probably has to do with the fact that even on the West Coast, the the, the, the strand is different. Yeah, take take uh, Z pack. Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, scratch Z, your cornea. zinc. How about DMT, according to one of our people? See, we're already at the doctor here. We have this one guy just My wife literally DMT. went through it. I witnessed it. I saw what it was. <laughs> if you have a healthy immune system, if you're strong, and if you're healthy, like I said. Yeah, I mean, as I explained earlier, if you, you're a perfectly healthy guy, 
that you don't have any of the other underlying conditions, mm-hmm. much easier to fight and, and get it over. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes depends uh, on the person. Sometimes uh, the person has other ailments, underlying yeah. conditions, and it's disaster for them. Right? They but can't breathe. Uh, they have difficult breathing. They need to be uh, on respirators and so forth. And that's where it gets complicated. Yeah. See, you don't think those guys, those individuals, would have been have the similar complications with the regular season of flu? If they have that many other yeah, I mean, if it's uh, if you if, well, people die from flu, believe yeah. it or not, every year there are more people dying from flu than any other ailments. I think yeah. the statistically, See, you can't no you can't say that to the to the public now because they say, oh, you're comparing it to the flu. Why are you comparing it to the flu? This is com- something completely different. Should we it's compare like it to HIV, or what? <laughs> I mean, or should just, we compare it? <laughs> it's just everybody has their opinion on it, and they think this is like this disaster virus that's destroying. Everybody, no, killing everybody. it's going to... Look, it is serious. I'm not going to make light of it because it is a serious. No, 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 it but is. But I think we're, we're going to handle it very soon. I, I think, think so. uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, as they say. And we're almost there. November right? 3rd. And, we're almost and, and there. November 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there. Are we I'm talking sorry. politics? Mike, sorry, Mike doesn't want to get into politics. Uh, He's like, Mike, you want, you want to wear my hat for a little bit? <laughs> I think Mike said I'm, I'm going to run I'm going to run I think Mike's Congress. had more political things to say without saying anything than yeah. any other guests. I love uh, politics, I, I should admit. I mean, I'm uh, very passionate about the political system and uh you know, very much both here uh, locally and the state level and and Congress and also I'm very passionate about uh, Armenia. I mean, I Would you ever run for office? I mean, you're I always you're you know, very much qualified. You don't have a political background, but you... Yeah, because business, I manage business. Your business background. Trump run a business, exactly. so I do much better that, than job that he would do. Uh, I would uh, trust you to take over Newsom's job all uh, day long. Uh, I know, I know. Seriously. Um, can we start from lefty. Can we start from Garcetti? We'll have your deputy chief campaign manager <laughs> campaign here. Manager. <laughs> okay. Edgar will print the money. <laughs> I'll print all the money you want. Right? You know, uh, no, seriously, but have you considered it, you I, I tell you this joke. Uh, I was I was listening I mean, years ago. I was listening to Tonight Show, and the guest was Bob Hope. I mean, late mm-hmm. Bob Hope. And the question came: said, "Would you run for office?" Mm-hmm. The question was for Bob Hope, and Bob Hope said, "I really want to run for office. I really wanted it." <laughs> however, he said, <laughs> "However, he said, he said, would you run for president?" I think that was uh-huh. the question. He said, "I really want to run for president," but he said. What did I do? It pays 200000 a year at that time. Mm-hmm. My wife will spend it in a month, he said. <laughs> so what do I do next month? And my house is bigger than the White House is at, you know, so I'm going to downgrade my house. <laughs> so everything you're just talking about, Trump has done that. He's done exactly. That. Even yeah, the he plane he downsized. Uh, well, he he doesn't a, get a salary, you know. He does get a salary, I mean, but he all make more than the president. <laughs> yeah, literally. More than, more than 200000 know, a nice 400000 You know, California unemployment was more than what Trump took home. Is that right? Yeah. But you should, you should. I mean, I will, I will uh, seriously. You know, I love healthcare, and and that's something I'm so passionate about. It, you know, not because uh, you know I want to make more money in this. I truly love what I do, yeah. and I think I seriously said several times, if I leave healthcare, running day to day hospitals, I will run for public office. That for sure, I would do. Uh, but I need to retire from running hospitals, running. 
Uh, to make seeing, time for that. How about well, if you try to combine your love of Armenia and the uh, knowledge you have, maybe work towards figuring out some things in the Armenian medical system? I have you know, a better suggestion. No, I want to run for office here in the United States, not in Armenia. No, I, no, 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 I'm not saying office in Armenia. Yeah. I was talking about helping put Armenia's medical I mean, system in the Armenia's, right order. Right, right. I mean, I, I did several... Uh, suggestions. Uh, I, and I know Arsen quite well, the health minister. Not a fan uh, of his, but uh, yeah. I know, I know. I wish <laughs> you're uh, this so is what opinionated. We get. <laughs> no, this is the guy we have, so what can we do? We have to work with the people we have. Uh, and I know many, many doctors in Armenia. They're very well qualified Definitely. physicians. You know, let me tell my colleagues in Armenia, they're good. Yeah. I mean, they're solid. They, they, there's a lot of good people in Armenia that really care about the country. I mean, I visited, I'm so passionate about Armenia. You know, this is the only country we have. You know, regardless, you don't like Pashinyan or like him, whatever. But let's not destroy him. Let's not destroy the country. I mean, you know, I was so upset seeing him on that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the English channel. I was like, like ready. I was yelling at, at the... Uh, at my cell that's phone, you know, I was, yeah, that's not SOB. I keep saying that British, uh, I should have been there. I would have taught him a lesson to the guy. Because uh, down right in me is there's a fighter that, that you know, we Armenians, we're fighters, man. I mean, we went through a g- genocide. We went through all kinds of Soviet system for 70 years. We survived. And nobody's going to tell us what to do. No British yeah. person or no any other person. So our country needs strong leadership. I mean, we need strong people saying, you know what, shut up, basically. You know, you have no right to speak to our nation like that. You or, need to respect us. Yeah, I mean, forget the leader. You know, you can criticize the leader. But the country, you're going to say we're fighting old battles? Yeah. Who the hell are you? Yes, Armenia has defending itself. What do you want us to do, die? Kill us? I mean, I don't want that to happen. That's their ultimate plan. Yeah, I know. We shouldn't, you know, I don't care about Erdogan. I don't care about Aliyev. You know, we're going to defend our country. This is our country. And that's what I wanted the Armenian leaders to say. You know, as we say, have some balls, man. Be strong. Don't be a weak person. I got to disagree with Oral's comment. Did you see what he wrote? What did he say? He wrote, businessmen don't, uh, don't make good politicians. That's true. Uh, he says that running a country. No, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. He says uh, running a country is not about balancing the budget. It's about balancing the population, and their wide range of cultures and beliefs. Well, and, look, uh, you know, running a business, multi-billion-dollar business, is running a country because it's at the end of the day you're managing a country. Hence the reason I mean, why I disagree. How with many you. cultures exactly. do you how have? How many have cultures in your do you have? In your many cultures. Every culture. So probably, running a right. business is running a, a government. Government is a bigger entity, obviously. Correct. You know, the problem with Pashinyan, and I met him twice, you know, I liked him personally. He's a very gentleman. He's a nice guy. It's a real pleasure to sit with him and talk to him. And I explained to him the healthcare system to him. He took detailed notes for like two hours. He and I sat down. He has his advisors. And I told him, I told him, Mr. Prime Minister, I visited the hospital myself, not somebody else. I didn't delegate anything. I went there to each hospital in Yerevan, to the, uh, the, the outlying areas. These are the things that you need to do. Tell your health minister. And the health minister was sitting next to him. So I told him all the issues. I mean, he's a very nice gentleman, nice guy, but he doesn't have experience running a business. People who run the business become very good politicians, 
good leaders, not maybe politicians, yeah. maybe good leaders. Well, well poli- you need politics too to run a business because the way we run, I have to run my doctors, I have to run my nurses, I have to run, uh, you know, my employees, you know, unions, uh, you know, government. So I have to balance everything. So to run a business successfully and make money, make be profitable, it takes a skill. Of course. And you running a country is a skill. Because you got all kinds of, you got national defense, you got foreign policy, you got e- economics, you got this, you got that. So you have to balance all that to become a good leader, yeah. to manage all that, to make it a successful. Oh yeah, see, like with uh, see what Ara says is it's all about the culture and all that stuff. He's saying he's talking about the U.S. So what you want the Schumers, the Pelosi's to talk about. Who never run a business in their life? Never run a business. Two hundred forty years in office haven't done jack shit. Yeah. Exactly. Haven't, we need good leaders. They're politicians. <laughs> they're they're not business people. They're politicians. What are they doing? They're kneeling to everybody. Mike, let's do this. You take me under your wing, train me to take over in a year. You retire in a year. You run for governor of California. They're going to say, you've never been in any uh, <laughs> <laughs> office before. You're jumping to the top position. Be a, maybe be a, be a mayor, may be a congressman before you jump uh, into a governor's office. Well, Trump didn't. Yeah, he, he came. He jumped He's, at the highest power in the world, not even the country. <laughs> yeah, with no experience. It was like, you know what? Let's wing it. Let's see. <laughs> it, it's like that kid that didn't study for the test, yeah. went and took the test, winged it, and uh, passed. He passed Ooh. it. Boom. <laughs> and, and out of 17 people, you know, nobody thought he will even have a chance. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I, I love it. I loved it when Hollywood was like, <laughs> Trump will never be president. And I'm going to move to Canada right away. Kids. Remember, Remember the those kids? kids? George like, Clooney and De Niro, everybody morons. mocking him like, oh, he, oh are you Come kidding on, guys, me? How many of them went to Canada? Was, nobody. Oh. I've been offering them one-way tickets. <laughs> From day one. Well, De Niro said if, if Trump wins again, he's moving to Italy. Basically, he's looking to retire. It's an excuse for him to retire still in Italy. Alive? Of course he is. Oh, shit. I, I had, I had him counted 80 years dead, old. Bro. I just, I don't know why. I'm not trying I mean, to say. I do like him as, a, as, a, as an actor. As an actor. As an actress. I mean, great. like one of my Fantastic. favorite actors is Sean Who? Penn, but I don't think he's a very great De Niro is Sean. just amazing. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh. Now you you have as we mentioned earlier, without asking you which which side you lean more towards, um, you run hospitals in fourteen different states, which I'm sure some are blue states, some are red states. Which color states are more business friendly and employee oh, no, friendly? No, no question, is Republican states. Republican. Oh, absolutely, Texas, uh, you know, uh, Kansas, and those states that are Republicans, hundred percent, they're pro. Uh, employer, pro-business, uh, uh, and when you come to California, regulations, da, 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 and everything. <laughs> they cut you from the knees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, my philosophy always been pro-business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to see, uh, I just don't like big government. The big government is not a good thing. I mean, you saw what happened in Soviet Union. A big government controlling your lives, telling you what to do. Um, or big government taxing you to, you know, it's like at one point, the United States has 90% tax rate. Imagine, for every dollar you make, 90 cents goes to the government. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you supposed to do? So, I think... Lazy we people. Want, they want to be housed, fed, yeah. and, changed. And, and, and what's his name? <laughs> uh, I forgot. He said, well, 47 p- people, 47% of people don't make, don't pay any taxes, he said. So, look... Uh, you know, we pay taxes. You know, we work. We we pay good to the system. Uh, 
you know, I want I want less government. I'm you know I'm also socially um, pretty uh, not liberal, but socially I'm reasonable. I don't yeah. want I don't want government to tell you in your life what to do, who to marry, who to date. Libertarian uh, type of no, I'm not a libertarian. I'm not anarchy. I don't like complete uh, no government. I want government. Uh, well, I, I mean, want limited government. Michael, you're a logical person. Thank you. There you go. That's I think that's the best way. Pragmatic. 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 There you go. That's you know, exactly. I mean, yeah, I lean towards conservative uh, beliefs, but also I'm a very reasonable. You know, if something yeah. makes sense, sure, why not? Like a logical person. Simple Thank as you. that. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to touch base on before we call it a night? Is there any more questions from our audience? We we have a uh, couple people that well, Ada for one is, thinks. Uh, COVID is what's keeping the country afloat. If it was up to Trump, the uh, country would have been completely in shambles. Or must be a lefty. It I don't know. He doesn't have a picture, so I can't tell from his picture oh, if he's oh. wearing a colorful scarf. Or, do you know who he is? Is he a lefty? I wouldn't say so. <clears throat> oh, well, look. He's running for something. Hold on. No. What is he running for? Hold on. Mayor for Glendale. No. Maybe he's walking for something, not running yet. No. Look, uh, in all fairness... Uh, U.S. Congress. 28th District. He is? Yeah. Who? Where's 28th oh. District? I have no idea. That's Schiff. That's Schiff. 28th yeah. is Schiff. That's Schiff. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was just Eric Early. <coughs> oh. I thought it was just Early. I don't know. Ask R. R, are you running R, for 28th District? are you running for 28th District? We'd love to have you on the show. He's asked to be on the show, I think. Uh, well, we'll, 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 we'll get, get, to get to back you. to yeah. him, but get whatever. Him. We'll have our people call your people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sorry, Mike, I, I, I believe we there's a big role for the government. We cannot have anarchy, obviously. We need the national defense to keep the country strong. We have good economy we need. I mean, we need all that. Government has a major role in, in all these things. On the other side, I just don't want that extremism of government telling you who to date, who to sleep with, what to do? I mean, the government is none right. of their business to do that to you, and 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 you know, if it takes a little bit less money from us. I'm happy for it. <laughs> because if you look at it, I mean, the purpose of government is to protect to protect you. us, right. right? And that's what the Constitution, Bill of Rights, everything right. is for. Yet, they're trying to dismantle that. As far as well, we need to take this away. We need to take that away. We need to have more control over. I mean, I give it, the best example to look at is. Look at the DMV. I mean, how efficient Horrible. are they, right? Inefficient. Is that is that ADD? I mean, they never process these things. Is that Unemployment what you want checks? For? No. <laughs> you want the functioning government. You don't want the dysfunction. That's that's why you when do, people you, talk about universal this everything, let's just have the government manage no. everything. These guys couldn't even manage the damn um, uh, Affordable Care Act website. They spent half a billion dollars on a website that. I'm sure Joe could have built for let's say thirty million dollars. It's not even operating Waste. now. They Waste. paid half a billion dollars. That it's not even operating now. Well, now I don't know, but Joe? when it Joseph, yeah, oh. uh, when it first came out, the damn thing didn't work. I mean, it I thought was, you said like Biden was gonna build. I'm like Biden can't Biden? build shit. Biden, come on, Biden. <laughs> Biden doesn't even know what state yeah, is right now. <laughs> I think he's in a bunker. Like he's probably sitting like I think, a I think air capsule. I think one right of the now. best memes so far I've seen of Biden is uh, it's him and Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris says, "Thanks for picking me, Joe." And he says, "No problem, Oprah." 
Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that joke. Yeah. Har- Harut, he did answer the question. Yeah, about yeah. If you go back Obamacare, in there, he talked yeah, about we did it. discuss that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Ara is running for 28th district. He said there's seven candidates, but I, didn't, I had no idea. Good I, luck to him. I didn't know that. Good, I thought, seriously, good luck to him. Good luck. Good luck, Ara. Definitely. I mean, I don't know what your philosophy is, but it can't be worse than shifts. <laughs> Can it get any worse? Than no. <laughs> shifty, shifty. What are you? <laughs> One thing about shift. Trump, I like he comes up with name against Pencil everybody. I, I don't think he comes up with this. He's got a team of people that are ready. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's now, got comedian Mike, writers. Now, Michael, imagine imagine the debate live on national TV when Trump is on the on the right side, Biden's on the left side, and you have basically the mediator there asking questions. Could you? It's gonna it's gonna be sorry for the language. It's gonna be a shit show. Shit show. Literally, it's going to be a shit show. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we September will September 22nd, people. We're waiting. September well, these 22nd. guys don't even have press conferences. Ooh. Have you seen them Hold walk on. out of press conferences? Idea. Idea. We, we, we go live and we watch the debates on the show. I'm down. Let's do it. And then I'll be, and then we take we and, comment. And, I will come and then and we comment. take a shit. Yeah. We'll, we'll, You're in, yeah, Mike. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something we'll out. Figure so, something out. As far well, as like streaming it simultaneously. I don't think the debate will happen. September 22nd. September 22nd. That's what it's scheduled for. Maybe. We don't know if maybe. it's going to happen, but maybe. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for taking time out of your oh, Monday. Oh, that was man. a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. All the way from the beach. The beach. The beach. <laughs> well, <laughs> well <laughs> you're not going back tonight. I'm not. Tonight, you're right? not going back tonight, right? No, I'm okay, going to good. Glendale. No, he's... Because well, uh, if he, you did, it would be super staying, No, no. He's staying local tonight. <laughs> we won't I'm say trying. where. I'm <laughs> trying. going to stay at the Wisenitz Hotel tonight. If you ever need a house sitter, you know, on the uh, west side, let me know. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. you need a house. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> By no. the way, I want to... Shout out to my f- good friend Vahe for the new hat. Oh, I got this gift last keep Monday. Keep America after the sh- great. We yes. should say keep Armenia great or some. Keep it's America great. Plus, it's made in USA. Uh, yes. There you go. It's yes. not a Chinese hat. China. So uh, China. your friend sent this? He's my pharmacist, a.k.a. Oh. drug dealer. So. Drug China. Legal drug dealer. Legal drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. That's very nice. Thank you for that. Yeah, again, <laughs> thank you. Michael, again, thanks again for taking thank time you out so of your much. Monday. Thank you so much. We I, really, I, really appreciate really, it. Really, it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Good questions. And it's always good to be challenged, and, and I was challenged. So I'm. Thank you. We'll have you back thank post you for post COVID. COVID. <laughs> we'll see if we ever get November fifth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Monday. Again, follow us on Instagram, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, guys. Show us love, show us support. We'll see you guys next week with our new guest. Peace.